Welcome, dirty peasants, to the Warpwood Gazette, the Amphibia Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Impact, and joining me today, we have Nick. What's up, people? Pickle. Hey. And Sunsphere. Hey, hey, hey. And today's episode 61, and we're going to be handling a sleepover to end all sleepovers. And a day at the aquarium. <laughs> and yeah, so oh man. I love both of these episodes, so I'll give a little summary of each. So let me just get the credit here. So Sleepover and All Sleepovers was directed by Kyler Spears, written by Michelle Cabin. Storyboarded by Eddie West and Alex Kwan. Um, so, Sleepover and Our Sleepover is a pretty simple plot. Essentially, Anne and Marcy want to have their first sleepover in Amphibia in a long time. And they bring Polly and Sprig with them as well and go through all kinds of hijinks in the castle and stuff. They realize it's only like 9 p.m. and they realize they have to do something crazy. So they take Sasha's advice for some reason <laughs> and decide to go into the basement. They meet up with a bunch of, as we know now, the Shadowfish. And they kind of cause like, all kinds of chaos in the basement and stuff. Eventually, they defeat them with a little bit of mirror action. They write their name in the books of losers. Olivia scolds them to actually get back up and go meet up with the king. And that's. Sleepover than all sleepovers. It's a pretty simple, like, more chill episode. But there's a lot of, like, hints to lore stuff, too. So, um, going into general thoughts here. Um, Pickle, what were your, like, general thoughts of uh, the sleepover than all sleepovers? Genuinely a great episode. We get a lot of really funny gags and interactions because... This is one of the few episodes where we just get to see Marcy and the planters bounce off of each other. And it also does some, like, important lore building. It sets up a lot of stuff, especially for, like, the finale, even. It kind of um, sets up a lot of Andreas stuff that becomes more clear later. And I also really like how it, even though Sasha isn't there, it's kind of an important episode for establishing how Anne and Marcy might have acted with Sasha. We never really get to see much of that, but this is kind of allow yourself to fill in the gaps. Okay, thank you, Pickle. Um, Sun's Fury, what were your thoughts in this episode? Oh, goodness. Well, like, <laughs> that's funny, because when I first watched this episode, I thought that the various hints that we found, the various creatures and everything that we found was vaguely going to be a one-off thing like it may be fun to theorize about but like not ultra serious but and i mean we all know how that turned out for sure yeah uh, <laughs> but it, i, I love the exploration of just kind of the trio's relationship and a bit of a re the retrospective that we got in that episode and I like seeing this first stage of trying to move on and sort of connect as different people, like the different, just kind of 
coming into that relationship from the new angle of the new Anne, especially. Even though Marcy hasn't quite gone through her full character change just yet. Gotcha, okay. Thank you, Sunsbury. Uh Nick, what were your thoughts on this episode? I mean, just, you know, banger, 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 man. I mean, like, I I, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just love Sleepover than old sleepers, but also like David Crane. Like, I just love this pair. I love how they act with one another and just... Yeah, like it's it's not even just a really fun episode of seeing like you know the planters and Marcy interact with another. It's, it's also just my God, just just for the fact that we've finished a series now, we've seen all of it, and we have this episode that shows us just how deep Amphibious planning goes, right? Just how it basically sets up the entire second half of the story. Like, yeah, all, all the lore that would be exploring, like all that's just you know set up right here in like the literal what halfway point of the series i know there's technically like only 19.5 episodes in season three but like I mean, i'm rounding that up and we have like like let's just say like yeah 60 episodes all together i mean this is like what episode 30 or something right and it's just crazy like i don't know i just like, this is one of my favorite things about amphibia like how it shows it's more than just you know this funny frog show how there's so much planning and thinking and development that goes into executing the story really well. And this, this is absolutely one of the biggest things you can point to. And like, there's just so many things you can even like, you know, respect an episode like this for. And like, I mean, we'll go into that, but yeah, I, I just, just hats off to them for this one. Thank you, Nick. Um, for me and my thoughts of this episode, that was great, by the way, Nick. Um, for my thoughts in this episode so sleepover the end all sleepovers is, is like my this is like my favorite comfort episode of the whole show every single time i'm like man i'm having a shit day i'll just go and watch this episode specifically and i think like it's also why i wanted to i'm glad i'm able to host this one because i fucking love this episode i think like it <laughs> sleepover the end all sleepovers to me it's almost like perfect amphibia because it's almost embodies everything I love about this show. It has a perfect balance of giving us this fun character exploration with Anne, Marcy, and their relationship with Sasha and their influence on them. But it also gives us, like, really cool lore to get us into, to get us excited, to make us guess, to make us ask questions. It, it's a perfect balance of moving the story forward while giving us giving our characters something to do and to latch onto that will be super essential later on. Um, like to me, like it it kind of feels similar to the best Franz in that way, where we have like the Sasha influence, um, the peer pressure kind of idea with the Book of Losers and such that like I I love when episodes have Sasha's presence in the episode itself and like you can feel it in Anne and Marcy here and the character interactions between Anne, Marcy and the planters is always super duper fun. So this episode's a banger man. I love the sleepover and end all sleepovers. This is this is a great episode. So yeah. Um to get to like the episode itself um we first start off with kind of like Establishing shot of Utopia Castle and Marcy's watering a little plant, right? Olivia knocks on the door and she comes in. And Anne and the planters start running in and start screaming about, like, 
a sleepover and you have Olivia who's a hundred percent done with this. <laughs> she does not want to handle a bunch of annoying kids. <laughs> but um Yeah, and yeah, no, like, I, 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 no, I, I'm sorry to cut it, but that's what I'm saying. I just love, like, I don't know. I, I this is like, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it all into words. But I don't know. I, I just love the fact that Olivia was basically forced to like parent them this episode, and she was just done the whole entire time. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it, it's just like one of the most fun parts of this episode, just having like, like, like a sort of like adult figure like her just not want to handle this group of kids. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it perfectly, but, like, I don't know. I just love it. Olivia's perfect. Olivia is exactly, like, on point with anybody who has ever, ever, ever just felt absolutely done with anything in their life. You look at Olivia <laughs> and you go, yeah, me too. And it's beautiful. Yeah, and, like, because they have such, Olivia like... it's a great stream. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, I think what makes it so great is just like, because Anne and Marcy and the Planters are way more obnoxious in this episode. They're like, it's amplified by like 10 in this episode just to annoy Olivia enough. And I love her line about like, she's going to get like, juice. Like, <laughs> she looks down like, that was great. Like, that whole scene just like, yeah, you can tell Olivia's Dude, just like, like, oh my lord, like. Yeah. any of this <laughs> I feel like yeah that's just like one of Amphibia's like um iconic like one of, one of their like iconic jokes like I don't know like before it even like popped off like I just yeah I just remember seeing that like being one of the more like well known jokes even outside of the show like it was just I don't know like <laughs> yeah it's hilarious it's hilarious too just damn like I don't know man like this episode's just perfect like <laughs> Just right off the bat, it just tell it just gives you something that one hundred makes that one hundred percent makes you want to continue with the episodes. Yeah, it's like it's 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 great. Just the like and so if we continue a little bit on, um, it's like we you know it, excuse me, I'm sorry. Polly and Sprig come in and they're like, oh my god, this is my first ever sleepover. It'll be, like, formative memories and whatnot. And Anna and Marcy kind of realize, like, this is their first time ever not having Sasha just tell them what to do 24-7. <laughs> Especially at a sleepover. So they kind of decide to, like, take it on, on their own. Which, it's just something, like, I really love that they acknowledge. Like, Marcy, like, kind of has no clue, like, what to do, like, like without just Sasha being, like, the head of, like, their whole friend group, it just already, you know, actually, I'll save the Sasha stuff later. I'm actually going out of tangent myself, and I need to do that. So, but it is a great line overall. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, Anne's like, this. there could be more than one sleepover queen, which, and Marcy's like, she's like, no, that's not how that works in the monarchy. You know what that's I mean? Another meme that I, that's another meme that I think managed to make its way outside of just Amphibia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a pop-up around there, too. Yeah, it's like, 
I see, like, <laughs> just look at this fucking episode. Like, we're only, like, what, two minutes in and we already have, like, two iconic jokes just dropped like that? Like, I swear, man, like, <laughs> this episode just, that's how you know this episode did so many things right. Like, oh, but, but I also just wanted to mention, I, I just love, like, that one small scene of Pop-Up instantly making them uncomfortable when he's about to describe <laughs> what his personal day is going to be like. I, I yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was so, great in general. It's a good way to just get him out the episode too like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just slam the door in his face like he's out like he's not coming back in this episode anymore and it's great so and like i just love like marcy like not getting what Anne's trying to say and just trying to use some logical like <laughs> like idea with it because you know Anne's just trying to say like we can, like, lead ourselves, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah. <laughs> Marcy just, it flies right over her head. <laughs> so, I think that's great. Um, then the entire trio kind of start, like, well, not trio, all four of them kind of start, like, actually, even before that, they do their little, like, I'm not even sure what it's called, like, sleepover ritual, like, <laughs> Like, pajama, junk food, gossip galore, all that stuff. I thought yeah. that was cute. That was great. Um, and it kind of established, like, a sleepover, like, has to, like, last till sunrise and whatnot. They can't, like, ever, like, go to sleep. And so they try to stay up and do all kinds of crazy stuff at the castle. Right? They're, like, um, with the mattress and stuff, they're kind of riding on it. Uh, down the stairs, they're messing with Andreas's clothes. <laughs> that was really oh, fun. Like, let me just say, like, what the fuck, Polly? Like, <laughs> what you was wearing, right? Like, <laughs> 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 like, what the fuck? <laughs> like the crowd? How could you, dude? Like, I just love how. An object of such great importance to the series. And Polly was just fucking around with it. And Polly had no clue what she was getting into. Oh, like, I know. Like Imagine she puts on the crown and suddenly she's just the core and that's that's the rest of the show. <laughs> well, yeah, like, she talks to the core, yo. Like, <laughs> like that's insane to me. Like like one of the one of the most important pieces of lore and Polly was just I feel like that's, like, one of the things I just love about this show. Like, my God, I don't know. It's just it's sort of, like, how the lore, like, it, it shows us. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, one of the, you know, best things of the Natopia arc. How, like, we didn't truly understand what we were getting into when we got to the city. Like, we just saw it as, like, this amazing, fun vacation for the planters, you know, to be on. We didn't realize just how important and vital all this history to the world was in the, of Amphibia. And, my God. Polly's just casually wearing his crown. Like, it's just some kind of joke. Like, she doesn't understand that she just now connected herself to, like, a, a hive mind of potentially, like, hundreds and hundreds of people packed into that. Like, she doesn't know that. And, like, that's... Yo. Oh, my God. <laughs> I never <laughs> even thought that. about that, yo. Like, even we watched this episode, I didn't even think, like, oh, yeah. I, like, <laughs> the core is right there, yo. 
literally like the fucking like she's connected like the court could have said that the court could have been like hey yo what the fuck <laughs> the new type rock do be kind of wild on a rewatch. Yeah, really, like <laughs> honestly, there's so much that is because it all connects, and you go, "Oh my goodness!" And you spot everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like, because this this season just gets better and better on a rewatch. Like season two is like. I think each season of the show gets, like, benefited from, like, rewatches in general, you know? But, like, this, like, part of the show specifically, like, even, like, after True Colors, fans, like, look at these parts, like, very differently. And it's, like, Amphibia just keeps getting better and the better the more it progresses. Because it keeps constantly changing what you think of the past. Like, even, like, small scenes with, like, this with Polly, like, wearing... Like, the crown. Or, like, what we're gonna see with, like, near the future. Like, with the painting and stuff. Or the shadow fish. Like, this episode ages like fine wine. Like, every time. it's It gets better and better and better and better. Every single time, like, the show drops some new lore. Or does something new with Utopia. Like, it's, it's great. It's the Wally and Anne of season two. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, yeah. Which is f- even funnier, because it's Mossman uh, continuation. Yeah, which we'll get to that in just a little bit. Yeah, like 1,000%. Like, everything you just said was correct, man. I mean, like, that's just... is that, I, I don't know if that's, like, it. Like, is that just something unique to Amphibia, or is that something you can, like, just get from really well-planned stories? Because it's, like, my God. Like, a, a lot of... Amphibia just... Like the entire series, like you just when you re, when you just rewatch certain parts of it, like they're just so much better to you now. Now that you just have like a, a greater grasp of like I guess like what Amphibia is, like what's going on with it, like there's just I don't know, there's just a huge boost to everything of the story once you complete it. Yeah, like I I feel like that is a really unique thing just with Amphibia as a whole to show. It's like it doesn't really like yeah, like I can't think of any other show that has that benefit. It's like. In general, mm-hmm. even like, yeah, I can't even think of any. It feels like something very unique to Amphibia. I'm pretty sure other stories have it too. There definitely are. It's it's a it's a matter of solid writing, and the fa- and it's a symptom of the fact that all of this was planned out. This this three arc, this three arc plan was in existence, and they knew where certain things were leading. So there was a solid four plan like lineup for all the foreshadowing. It happens in any other circumstance, especially in, say, films where everything is planned out. Yeah. On a rewatch, you notice the foreshadowing much easier. And it bec- and you're on the lookout, your mind is on the lookout for it. But, yeah, no, it's definitely not unique to Amphibia, but it is not everywhere. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, so I think if we... <laughs> if we keep going with the montage, um, like... They start, like, shooting... I forgot what it's even called, like... Whatever string. I forget what it is. Yeah, it's, like, silly string, I think? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Whatever Amphibia's equivalent is to it. (laughs) At Olivia, and then she starts, like... Yeah, she Doing karate. Yeah, she starts doing all kinds of karate on them, or whatever. Like, 
<laughs> my god like to the point where they're just groveling on the ground like you can see all the bruises like damn olivia damn i mean i know the show's written by millennials but damn relax <laughs> <laughs> yeah this part always kills me because it's like you don't ever expect Olivia to just start beating the shit out of people, but like, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's to a bunch of kids like, too. Like, yeah. she's like, oh, that's it. No, she just whoops their ass. Yeah, I love like their like poses too when they're down is great as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Anne just keeps going. Like, she's like, montage is back on, baby, and then they just, yeah. it's great. <laughs> And it's it's nice that the show kind of hinted at Olivia being like, I guess more cop like combative. We didn't see that too much in Olivia and Yunan, you know what I mean? But like at the beginning of yeah. the end, she was whooping ass, you know. She was mind controlling yeah. junk, so it was nice. To yeah, she, she's not like. A, oh, sorry. Go ahead. She she's not she's not like some of the characters where she's got a lot of combatant training, but she she has she seems to know self defense to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Like it was, it it really was awesome to like you know see some of that come back in the beginning end when she was also because if Anna and Sasha didn't even like pair up like that, I was, I, they wouldn't have won. Like I don't yeah. know. Okay, okay, maybe if Anna just went Super Saiyan, probably wouldn't pull that <laughs> second. But still not. Like she would have shared a kill. I don't know, man. Literally was smoking some ass before all that tag teaming happened. Yeah, exactly. I think like if Anne did go Super Saiyan on them, like I'm pretty sure like one punch would have killed them. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I think she. I think she yeah. also has to be weary of that. Like with the robot, she could like do whatever. But like with yeah. like real people, it's like nah. <laughs> you know. Um, but if we keep going like with the episode itself, you know, they continue the montage there. Anne and Pop, Anne and Marcy are like two v oneing Sprig in a pillow fight, which seems really unfair. And then like. They're going through like the um, the kitchen, I guess, and then <laughs> and then I think finally they go like and paint like a picture of Andrews with a mustache. Like that was great. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the montage. They kind of like think, oh, okay, like they're all done. Like it's been like it's twelve a.m. or whatever. Like they're good. And then Marcy checks her phone. It's like, oh my god, it's only 9 p.m. Like, and they have to like stay awake. So like, Anne and Anne decides to just shake Sprig and Polly. You know, um, <laughs> and then they finally decide, hey, like Anne and Marcy bring up the scare dares, um, the scare dare challenge. And if they lose, they have to put their name in the book of losers, which I love how like dramatic they are with it. Like, <laughs> and in like Marcy's eyes, like glow, like that's great. Uh, and yeah, they pretty much establish if they lose the dare, like they have to put their name in the book of losers, and so like. They try to think of one, and they can't really think of anything. You know, like... Because <laughs> Sasha was always the one who thought of one. Anne and Marcy, I guess, wanted to do it. 
but like they only did it because Sasha told them to, you know? That's right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I just have to say, like, yeah, it, it, it's just like super adorable. I'll just, I don't know. I, I, just, I always found it like adorable how, like, um, how Polly and Sprig are basically just like, you know, little children that, like, you know, that they're like, you know, leading along to, like, learn how to, like, have this little sleepover. I don't know. I always thought that was cute, but, like, yeah, just, um, yeah, like, it, it, it is pretty. It's, I, 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 we're not allowed to go into it. Like, I want to, like, talk about it, but I'm like, no, we can't go into it. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it is pretty damn interesting just, like, how much influence she had in this group. Like, and, and the fact that, like, they can't even, like, figure out what to do with themselves. Like, they have to keep, like, referencing, like, oh, more like smart as Jessica. It's like, and, yeah, Anne's like, yeah, because Anne's the one who has to be reminded time and time again that Sasha's the one who figured things out for them. And, and yeah, it, it does make sense that their dynamic works like that, but... I know, I know we're going to get into that later, so I'll just hold off from there. Yeah, I, I think if... One thing I will comment about it, because um, we'll get to the Sasha influence soon, it's just like... I just like... Ah, damn it, I want to get into it too, but it's like... <laughs> I already know the whole podcast is going to be like... We're just going to keep <laughs> going on it over and over again, so... <laughs> um, but essentially, like... Anne and Marcy can't think of anything... And then Anne, like, looks at a map that Marcy has on on her wall of, like, Utopia Castle. And, she, like, she looks at, like, the um, the basement, right? And she gets a little paper cut, which I think, like, I always found that funny. I'm not sure if that's supposed to be, like, symbolism of, like, this is, like, a bad place to go. Please don't go do it, like, or what. But I always thought that was, like, a neat little detail. Honestly, I I feel like it is because like don't don't they already play like this sort of like let me go to don't they usually play this like didn't they play this like ominous music when they discovered it and like yeah I I, I feel like you no know, because like check it out like Anne's finger like Anne like traces along the bot like yeah we 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 so it's like how they shot it too like so yeah we get a shot of the map and then when Anne like she takes a look at like you know what's at the bottom it it pokes her like yeah it pokes her finger giving it her paper cut so like. Yeah, I feel like you're 100% right, like, right? Like, it's supposed to, like, tell us, yeah, this is danger, right? If you go down here, this is just danger for you to go to. Like, don't go there. Yeah, and, like, so and Anna goes, like, it's what, like, they do it because it's what Sasha would do. And I'm, like, slapping myself in the face. I'm, like, girl, yeah. like, you just had a sword fight with this lady. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but... Like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I also just want to mention. I gotta mention, like my favorite part of this scene is always how she forces Polly and Sprig to wake up. I, I don't know why. It's always been fun of you, but I just I love it when the show reminds you that she's like gigantic compared to them. Like she fucking like lifts lifts them up with one hand each and manhandles them. Just look at that fucking like they're dolls. Like they are dolls to her, man. Like it's fucking hilarious. This is this is why a thirteen year old girl managed to best like seven hundred different beasts in hand to hand combat here. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Like just fucking. <laughs> like I love it when the show does that, dude. That's like easily the funniest shit. <sighs> you know they should have followed up on the squeaky toy thing by someone just like picking up Sprig and squeezing him. 
cruel but hilarious. I mean, I feel like that does happen, right? Does it? Like not here, not here, but at other points in time throughout the show, I feel like he has been squeezed. Just like that. <laughs> I think Sasha needed to do it. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they decide, okay, they go down to the basement, right? And, like, <laughs> they're tiptoeing away. I love Polly, like, mischievous Polly, you know, she wants to draw on Olivia's face when she's sleeping that, you know, I love that it comes back in this episode, too. They didn't just forget about it. So that was great. And, like, <laughs> they go down to the basement. They open the door and, like, Sprig's like, Anne should go first because it was her idea, right? And, like, <laughs> and I always just, like, well, I know when Marcy goes, like, you should go down first because it is your idea. But like, they all, all four of them clearly don't want to do this, but they're just moving with the peer pressure of imaginary yeah. Sasha. So <laughs> yeah. all just going down for it. Um, so they keep going. They find this kind of room of mirrors, right? And I love like Marcy's line about like, I forget exactly what it is. I think it's like, like mirrors can like ward off like malevolent spirits or summon them. And her, her goofy evil laugh, <laughs> that always cracks me up. I'm not sure what it is. Something about Haley Chu and evil laughs. Like <laughs> she always. Hey does, like, man, a great she, you know, yeah, 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 she knows how to bring it, dude. She knows how to bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Haley Chu voicing uh Haley Chu voicing a bubbly nerd, someone having a mental breakdown, and like the main villain all back to back, like it's nothing. Yeah. And at the same time occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this was like <laughs> this was like the moment where like the writers were maybe Darcy came into their head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's when he, they probably planned it out already, obviously, but, like, we're like, oh, what if she was, like, the villain? Like, I don't know, like, this, so, yeah. Um. Well, it, 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 it's, I don't know, man, it just, like, is this, it's just this, is this just, like, the power of the TV? Like, it still feels insane that that's how, like, the story went. Like, I was so, like, I don't know, like, I, I just put myself back into perspective um, of when I was watching these episodes for the first time, and it's, like, shit like if you told me that it was gonna go this way i would call you like a fucking liar right like i, I would have like never believed you but guys like that's some pity for you yeah just that constant <laughs> upscaling of stakes to the point where we lead to season three and i think like you know sleepover and all sleepovers is like that awesome middle point where it finds that balance of still having that fun you know slice of life kind of adventure but as we're about to get to here this major lore element as Anne and Marcy like come to the door or all four of them come to the door and even though like at this point Marcy can't fully read Utopian she had to like study up before the temple where she's just able to read it with ease 
you know, or at least she has to keep looking at the book to read it um, in the temples. But they all know it says keep out, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm guessing that was like another. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we don't have like thumb here to tell us. But yeah, I'm guessing like that was just another like helpful way for people to learn how to like crack these runes and stuff. Yeah, and I think like, it's also totally not ominous at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this, I mean, this, this fish within, huh? I think like I think I think in this part, right? The shadow fish are actually like name dropped at the very top. I think you can actually read like read it on the door. I'm pretty sure, like shadow. Yeah, fish in the room. I mean, they they say it says keep out, but it also says the whole thing is shadow fish, shadow fish within keep out. I'm pretty sure it's oh. been a while. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, because like I I only learned that like when Olivia and Yunan came out, I had no clue like the shadow fish were name dropped. I thought that was the first time we ever got them, but apparently it's in this episode. So, I mean, like that man, that that's just the lore of Olivia. Like, what the hell, like. <laughs> Like, like, because I'm telling you, man, like, this, this show, I feel like, the, I feel like Amphibia prioritizes so hard that, like, that, yeah, pretty much, if you aren't, like, if you aren't, like, you know, having the fan base, because I'm being honest, man, like, I, I didn't really, I didn't even, like, try to ever pay attention to Lauren until, like, I joined the fan of myself, and so I basically just yes. had, like, it spoon-fed to me by just, you know, sort of, like, spectating over it and stuff, right? And so, um... Yeah, like, I don't know, I feel like Amphibia has its priorities set so straight with the show that, like, most of the lore is just going to be, like, you know, from the background, and it's up to you, like, whether or not you're going to catch that, and then it'll give it to you, like, later on in the series. Like, it's, like, damn, like, it, 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 it's just, um, and, like, I've been treating um, the lore like that since season one, pretty much. Yeah, and I think it's, like, one of those things, too, it, like, even, like, Mother of Alms is, like, a prime example of that, where, like, <clears throat> you're rewarded very much for, like, seeing like reading stuff earlier but like 99 percent of people don't know about this stuff including me like i had no clue like again i said it before like i had no tutor in utopia language is even a thing i thought it was just gibberish like i didn't think you could actually read any of that stuff like and if i was never like if i never joined the fandom like if i just like watched on disney plus without interacting with anybody like i still would know the full story without like needing to look anything up the story gives you just enough so you understand what's happening but if you're like hardcore you know this stuff a bit earlier and you get to theorize more so i like how amphibia does that yeah like i, I just want to agree with everything you said because it's just yeah like, I, I don't know it's i think that, that that's just something i really like highly value and respect out of the show just how they can all that stuff <clears throat> yeah um, so, okay, so they get to the little, like, crypt, not exactly sure what to call it, but it has a lot of, like, I was about to say tombs, but I guess it's the right way to put it. Coffins, there we go. I don't know how I forgot. <laughs> um, so they get inside, and Anne and Polly are like, dare you to like take a picture like next to the creepy one with all the centipedes and stuff Anne and marcy like obviously don't want to do this they're putting their like 
but they're like, okay, whatever, like, they'll do it anyway. And, like, <laughs> and Marcy kind of walked through all the sludge, which, ugh, that's gross, but <laughs> they take a picture near the coffin, and then, like, the shadowfish start showing up, like, kind of one by one, like, outside of the coffins, you know? And uh, and they're pretty much like trying to like dodge them out the way, get out of the way of them. Sprig tries to almost touch one, and then like Marcy immediately like tells or tells him like, "Hey, don't do that," because you know the yeah. fish like are eating the bones of the of the uh, yeah of the bones of the frogs that were there or the newts that were there actually. I, I kind of assume the coffins are like Andreas's like dead ancestors, right? Or well, yeah, I yeah. I remember. I've seen like I saw some theories of that too. Like I, I think like the like like um the co- the, na- the number of the coffins match like the the number of eyes the court has. So like yeah, like, I, I think it could fit. I could see it. Maybe like all this stuff being locked down together. I could see it. Okay, because like I feel like the core eyes like. I don't know. Like, I feel like there was always that theory that were like there were eight people in the core, but it's like that felt kind of like that made the core kind of sound like, whack. Like, yeah, like yeah. It's only eight people. Like, I thought there were like yeah. a thousand people in there. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, because I mean, was, they they said like like yeah, they they said like amphibious greatest minds. So I feel like. Honestly, yeah, to me, it's like it's just generations of like more. It's like, to, yeah, for me, I guess we don't have a clear answer. I mean, like, maybe that could be like a future thing for me, but like, yeah, for me, like, I've always just thought as like, you know, just I don't know, maybe a hundred, maybe a hundred. I don't know. Like, it's just scooping across all the ex- exceptionally intelligent members of the city. Like, I don't know. That's how I always saw it. I got you. Yeah, it's... I think, like, to go a little bit off, like, the core stuff for a second, I love the Shadowfish's designs. I'm not sure what it is, but they have, like, a great balance between, like, being, like, looking like... You can tell they're not from Amphibia. Like, that's the vibe I always got, like, as soon as I saw that, you know? Like, the Mossmen, I could, like... You could, like, maybe think it's from Amphibia, but, like, the shadowfish felt like something really alien and different. I'm not exactly sure yeah. what it is, but like they all look great. Um, to keep going with this scene, though, I do love like <laughs> my favorite joke, like from like this whole episode, like <laughs> and it's like, are they aliens, ghosts? And Marcy goes like. Does it matter? Let's get out of here, Scoob. Like, <laughs> yeah, I always, yeah, I always love that. Yeah, like this, it fits so well with the situation, and Marcy's just like reaction itself is just great. Like it ends like, like what did you just call me? It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, keep going here. Um, they kind of like Anne and. Uh, Polly and Sprig kind of find the exit. Um, they kind of run through, right? They go see, like, a garden. 
And then, like, you know, you see a mirror room first, and then we're like, the hell is that? They keep going anyway. We see the shadowfish kind of avoid the mirrors. But then we get to the garden, right? And, like, Marcy's like, how the heck are these plants growing out in the sunlight? And then we see the moss men. And, like, yeah, that, like, everyone, I think, kind of, like, once you saw the moss men, you were kind of, like, yeah, that, that changed a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I think, like, because it made you, like, kind of think, like, oh, shit, Wally and Anne is, like, actually important. Well, it already is. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying, like, it made you, like, go back and think, like, about how important that episode, like, actually was. You know what I mean? Like, I already thought Wally and Anne was, like, one of my favorite season one episodes. So... But, like, now since you knew it had, like, lore evidence, it kind of made you, like, flashback to that episode a little bit, you know? It gave you, like, a thousand questions in your head. Like. I think, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it was a great way to kind of, like, make you start thinking about how all of, like, elements in season one started to become more of a more of like important to the story as a whole and like maybe like you like at least for me i was wondering like the moss man was like was it always there all the time was it the one that was we saw in wally and ann that was captured like so many questions you know yeah so like i i just love how we got there yeah i just love how we got that answer too Uh, Sunsfree, did you want to say something? Oh, yeah, just kind of going along with it, yeah. It, it's really one of those things that make you start asking a couple questions of just say, this is kind of strange. What is going on here? Yeah, exactly. Because, um, like, now, like, since the Mossmen seem to be in connection to the Shadowfish, you're wondering, like, why are all these monsters, like, in the basement to begin with? Like, and then you see, like, as we keep going, like, we know, we know this place has to be important, right? We even see, like, Andreas and a picture, and we're like, what the hell is that? It's all, like, slashed up and destroyed or whatever. So, all of this is connected somehow, but we're not exactly sure how just yet. So. Um, so, to keep going here, like, they run through kind of the hallway and stuff. And I love that Marcy, like, instantly wants to, like, instead, it's like she, she wants to know more about the garden, but, like, they're in obvious danger, so Anne has to, like, yank her out of there real quick. So. They just, they just pose so many questions for the fandom immediately. Yeah. I like that Marcy's kind of, like, a window into that, too. We'll get into it, like, a little bit. She goes, like, she's, like, asking, like, were those things ghosts? And if like, if that's true, is that is there an afterlife? Like she's kind of like the the fans right now, thinking a bunch of like theories or questions or what the hell was that? Like, and Anne's not even thinking about that. <laughs> she just wants to get the hell out of there. Like, yeah, but they keep going. They see like, 
we keep going down and we see like the picture of like you know we didn't know it yet and you know like of a frog and that looked kind of like andreas and a toad you know we see like the picture slashed out sprig kind of goes like <laughs> sprig goes like man someone really hated this painting and then polly just like yanks him aside you know what I mean? Both Marcy and Sprig are both getting super distracted, so. And, like, I don't really know, like, the presence of the fandom, like, too much at the time, because, again, I wasn't really there. I was really, like, with the Disney Plus stuff. So, like, I shot to stream it all the way through. I had my own theories at the time, but it was, like, it wasn't, like, in the fandoms kind of reign. But I know, like, a lot of theories came out of this just in general, right? I'm not sure if people started to give names for any any of the three, did they? Like, for any theories regarding, like, the painting? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh. I'm not sure any of, like, any popular ones, like, at the time. Like, Oh, yeah, I mean, there was, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some funny stuff. There's, like... Um, like for example, people thought like barrel was grime. I remember seeing that, and then there's like, yeah, there's people thought like leaf was Sprig's mom. Like that, that, that's how I was born. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I thought like, barrel was grime back in like 2020. Yeah, like that, that was like an old thing, but <laughs> yeah, got you, got you. Would have made thematic sense, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because at the time we didn't really know anything about like, well, at least for you guys, <laughs> about like their parents yet until like after the rain shows up. But that's like a a whole hiatus away. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. It just, I'm just replaying that scene a million times where like they, they show off the painting and then we just see like the dramatic music with Sprig tearing off a part of it. And it's just like damn it. Like, just damn you. Like, the fact that that was, like... Because, like, if we just talk about Andrews for a second here, it's just... Like, it's really interesting how... Like, like back at this point, we didn't... Like, we didn't have a villain, like, right? We didn't have, like, this... We didn't have an endgame villain in mind for Amphibia, right? And then they suddenly introduced this guy, and, like... And he had, like, the most ominous introduction scene out of any other character in the entire show... And they suddenly, they slowly but surely started adding more and more intrigue to him, showing that there was just something bigger going on if Andrew's right. And, like, like, this is one of those moments, and it's just really interesting to sort of put yourself in that mindset before you knew all this stuff. It's just, wow. Like, it's just, I don't know, because I'm just, like, trying to think about, like, what the fandom was thinking. It's just, like, you're slowly starting to realize that holy crap this guy might lead to something much 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 bigger than we thought and Phoebe would ever get to right it just the more stuff they add to him so yeah yeah as that's all happening at the same time as we're also seeing all of this like at least surface level evidence that completely the opposite is going to happen that no no everything is going to work out we get both sides of it. We're not just being exposed to the, ooh, shady stuff is going on. And only that. We also get to see this, the, the surface side. And 
<laughs> we had we got in we were able to get into fandom arguments because of that, which is kind of spectacular. Yeah, this episode in general has like just so much. It's a great halfway point for the season for the whole show. <laughs> if you start thinking about it, like it's that kind of like it gives you like a lot of like to chew on just in general, and like it's very quick too. The story doesn't give like a lot of time to these elements. You're like. Matt's just like, okay, let's just, like, hint at, like, majority of the lore in the show in, like, five minutes. In, like, two minutes. Not even, like, one it's, minute. It's, like, it's very much similar to how um, the, the season one mid-finale leads into Reunion and the whole rest of the show. It, it very solidly lays down a lot of important stuff that's close enough to the end of the season that you're not going to forget it. But it's it's con- self-contained that it's not going to be like in your face, and um, it's self-contained enough that it's not going to be in your face and it won't distract from the rest of the season in a negative way. And the the second episode too also does that a lot, yeah. although we can get into that later. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, pickle. I think like, yeah, like that's just a solid point there. I I think like the only the only like like, season finale or, like, mid-season finale that kind of, sort of doesn't, like, it's, like, Escape to Amphibia. But Escape to Amphibia is weird because it's, like, it's a lot more, like, of a, it feels more like a mid-season, like, a a season finale kind of vibe to it, to Escape, because, like, it has to kind of deal with all the other stuff, like, from 3A. It just concludes that instead of, like, explicitly giving, like, super lore hints or whatever that'll lead us to, like, bigger stuff in 3B. Because 3B... I won't go into it too much, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, they keep going. And, like... They eventually find, like... They get to Marcy's room. This whole basement led to here. I'm surprised Marcy didn't ask a bit more questions about that, but anyways. Um, the shadowfish come into the room, and like, <laughs> I love like, and throws one book, it clearly doesn't work, and then Spring and Polly are like, let's just keep throwing mo- more books and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and Marcy's... Uh, Thankfully, smart enough to realize that's not going to do anything. <laughs> so she's not, like, joining in either. Like, but then, like, eventually, you know, um, Sprig finds a mirror and accidentally flashes, or, well, yeah, flashes a light towards one of them, and it makes them physical. And <laughs> Anne and Marcy kind of, like, figure it out together, like, what exactly is happening when the mirror like hits one of the shadowfish, and um, then all three, all four of them, kind of like. Actually, before we even get to that, like I love that little like talk with Anne and Marcy. It's cool to have kind of both characters kind of figure stuff out together. You don't really have that happen that much. Usually, it's like Marcy, like in Scavenger Hunt, you had like Marcy, like. Like, what's the word? Like, you had Marcy just kind of figuring stuff out, and Anne would kind of just follow suit. But I really like here that, like, 
you have like both of them kind of connecting the dot. I think Anne goes like both like like both hallways were like filled with mirrors to like trap them in there and then like Marcy goes like it makes them physical. Like I love that stuff. Like I wish we got more of that of like Anne and Marcy kind of being on the same playing field. You know what I mean? That they can both kind of figure stuff out together. I don't know. I think that was great. No, yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, these two are just... I mean, these two are really fun characters, and it's always just awesome to see them, like, you know, interact with each other and work together like that. Yeah. Especially, like... I don't know, because it's it's like... Especially after an episode like Scapper. Like, a thousand percent. It's just it's awesome seeing something like that. Yeah, it, it's just nice and kind of having, like... I was going to say that confidence in herself to actually, like, work with Marcy, but I, I love, like, like, I just, yeah, it's just great, like, having Anne and Marcy be on the same level for at least one time. Like, yeah. I think that's, I think that's just great, you know, like, it makes Anne feel like, even though she's not the smartest one of the group, she still has something to add to, to Marcy and vice versa, you know? Um, so to keep going here, like, eventually they're, like, everyone grabs a mirror and starts, like, <laughs> and starts, like, reflecting the light back at the shadow fish, right? And <laughs> we get this joke about <laughs> with Anne's, like, hair, right? <laughs> She's like, hey, was anyone going to tell me I have leaves in my hair? And everyone's like, not now, Anne! That was great. Like I love them acknowledging. Like yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I both love and hate that joke. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> you have fun. <laughs> okay, I need to hear this. Yeah, Nick, why, why do you hate that joke? I'm curious. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't hear you. Okay, okay. It's like, God damn it, and take that fucking stick out of here. <laughs> like, that's why. Like, every time I hear that, I'm like, and just take it out, please. Like, so he <laughs> learns out about the shoe. Yeah. It's like, it's, because let me just tell you guys, like, it's, it's, like, I was, because it's like, I'm already super used to it. I don't even notice anymore. Like, I, I don't even care about the stick being there. But then, like, it's just the fact that the show brings it up, and it's like, yeah, are you guys going to have that stick removed? You take out those leaves, like you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's like, it's like I already got used to the fact that you guys are never going to change it up. So why even bring it up? Like, like <laughs> it's funny. But at the same time, I'm just like, God damn it! <laughs> I think it's just funny to acknowledge it, like, and she never takes it out. I think that makes the joke way funnier. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like he just goes back to forgetting that she has a, that she has leaves and a little like a branch. A branch big enough to stick out like that. Like, Jesus. Doesn't that scrape against her head? Like, Anne, like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I think, like... Maybe she just accepts them. I think the crack theory that, like, her powers combining with the, like, natural mystic powers of amphibia causes them to grow in her hair is the best, um, the best answer. I just, like, yeah. think... No, like, I'll, same, I'll be, like, like I'll... I'll no, Nick, like, you can go. I'll, I'll, I'll admit this. I'll admit this. I mean, I, I can accept the fact that it's permanently in her hair because she looks super <laughs> badass anytime she powers it up and it just grows out like that. You know what I mean? Like that's Now, that's awesome. 
Yeah, and I think, like, I mean, it's funny, because this has to be the same leaves and, and twigs in her hair, right? Like, there's no, like, trees in Utopia, pretty much. So, like, she's had the same, like, she can take them out and she'll be okay. Like, there's no way they would randomly come back in this place. So, I love that she acknowledges it and it still doesn't go away. It's still there. Like, <laughs> she just doesn't remember to take them out. It's, it's great. Um, <clears throat> so we keep going with the episode here. They they take out kind of all the shadow fish, kind of put them into the the doorway, and they actually stay up for till like six a.m. Essentially, <laughs> and like you know, like I said before, Marcy's like questioning like everything that happened, and Anne's not even thinking about it. She just wants to go to sleep. <laughs> well, it's she just does. Tuesday, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like she's ready. Yeah, like Anne's already dealt with like classic horror stuff like a couple of times. I mean, she dealt with cannibals that one time, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's just Tuesday for her. Yeah, <laughs> I just like again. I just love that dynamic of Marcy is like. <laughs> And just chilling, and like, and Sprig and Polly are just chilling, and Marcy is like having an existential, like, existential crisis. Like, what the hell was in that basement? Like, is there actually an afterlife? Like, <laughs> I hope we get some of that like vibe in the Marcy journal. Like, <laughs> you know. So, but um, yeah, they do that. And Spring and Polly are like, that was like the best sleepover ever, but they still have to write their their names in the um in the book of losers and then Anna Marcy and like So it's self reflecting like like, they need to find Sasha, and Marcy's like, we will, and, like, she just knows it. And then Olivia, like, I guess this is the point where we can finally start talking about the the Sasha stuff, you know? Before we go down that rabbit hole, I just want to point out some neat foreshadowing in the Book of Losers with all the death symbols next to um, Marcy's name. Oh, like... I didn't even notice that. Like, wait, pick. death related near Marcy's. There's also like more moth symbolism. I don't know, but the whole Marcy has like a lot of moth symbolism throughout her entire story, and moths are like about death and like change and metamorphosis. Okay, I didn't even like. Yeah, there's all that. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm like, I was thinking about that like earlier when we were going through the episode, but yeah, like I, I know what you're talking about pickle. Like there, there was like a lot of like, like there's there's like a lot of things on that, and like it, I think it is like it's. I guess I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm I'd say I'm on the fence on it, but I am leaning towards it being like true, like an intentional thing that was sort of placed around, but like. Yeah, there there is a lot of that. There is a lot of that in the TV in um season two and like I can wonder I mean I honestly yeah, I 
You know, fuck, I'm a, I believe I'm back. I'm back in that theory. The, the mob theory was true. Yeah, I didn't even like. I feel like I should have mentioned it like during <laughs> when we actually got like the moth like scene of itself. I guess I just didn't really think about it because like because it does fit Marcy's character really well. Right? Obviously, with her like dying at the end, of, she doesn't die, but like <laughs> she pretty yeah. much does. I mean, <laughs> she gets stabbed in the chest. Like I don't, you know, that's that's pretty. It's played defiantly, you know, dying. <laughs> so, like, but yeah, that's a really good point. Like, with that relating so much to her character arc, especially, like, you know, at the end of Two Colors and then Olivia and Yunnan, you know, rebirths into something kind of worse. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, like I said, like, they put their names in the book. Marcy says, like, they'll find Sasha. Should She just knows it. And, like, <laughs> this is, like, I think the point where we can talk about, like, Sasha's influence in this episode. Um, I guess, like, I'm wondering how we should do this. Because, like, I could just make you guys, like, well, not make you guys, but. Um, I think I'll just go first, and then I'll just, like, tag you guys in, if that's all right. Because I think I'd, all of us have at least something to say about it, so. Um, I guess, like, for me, like, with kind of, like, the whole Sasha influence of this episode, like, I think it's just, like, I kind of love this, because it always gave me best Franz vibes, you know what I mean? Like, where, like, you can tell, like, Anne's kind of, like, influence of her other friends is very like what's the right word like obviously very toxic and unhealthy but like she can't they can't like she can't really figure it out in that episode or like she doesn't have a name to call it like that's why you don't see any of the girls use the world the word toxic till like 3b where everyone's kind of worked out their shit <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, Anne and Sasha worked out their stuff, and, like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is kind of how it goes. Yeah, like... Huh. Oh, yeah, sorry, that's not it, Chloe. And I just want to say, like, yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at it. I mean, they didn't even realize how, like, yeah, they didn't even know, like, what kind of words to describe how fractured their relationship was, you know, the problems. Like, they didn't even understand that, so... Yeah, like, that... And yeah, that's like that's a common occurrence. You don't quite realize what the relationship is until, like, you don't realize something's toxic until much later on, after you've coped with the fact that, oh my goodness, this isn't happening. Hold on a minute, yo, this was kind of toxic. Yeah, well, it's not universally that way, but it definitely happens a fair amount. Yeah, and like, because like when Sasha mentions like. And Commander Anne, like, my days are toxic manipulation are over. It was so weird. It always drew me off guard because I never heard the word used by any of the girls. But it's like, like, it's, and like, yeah, and you just see that, like, presence of Sasha, that peer pressure. She's almost like a, like a, a ghost, like, <laughs> ever present and, like, 
these girls' lives, and it's like you can tell how like how much it affected these two so much, and like it's crazy because Anne like doesn't really recognize like I already said already said what I about that, but like yeah, I just love Sasha's presence in the episode. It almost feels like she like she's she's still there. You know what I mean? Her her presence is felt. And it's just great. I, I love, like, it almost feels like a semi-Sasha episode with how much it relates to, like, how Anne and Marcy thought about her and how much they relied on her. Like, they can't even make decisions about the sleepover, like, while Sasha telling them what to do. They have no idea, like, but, like, it's it's great, so. Um, it also, it kind of, uh, like, it really... It goes to show Anne has developed a lot on her own, but in terms of her relationship with Marcy, it's still kind of very similar to where it was at the at the beginning. Like it's it's almost exactly the same because they hadn't been interacting this whole time. That comes out in the episode before when the the like dynamic they had conflicts with the Marcy the way Marcy has grown, and it also comes out here with their sort of because Anne has learned how to kind of function on her own without the relationship and how to make her own decisions and have healthy relationships. But that relationship that specifically between Anne and Marcy and by extension, all three girls is still kind of in its very codependent state because they haven't had a real chance to work that out. And so it kind of leads into them regressing a bit. Yeah. And like, damn, that's a good point. Shoot. Like, cause like, I, I feel like it's, damn, damn, that's good, Pickle, shit. I'm trying to, like, say something, like, for that, but you pretty much said it perfectly there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just one of those big things is that Marcy has not had her core character development yet. That's to be, that's later on. And sure, we've had plenty of exploration of what she's like so far, but she hasn't gotten to that stage yet. And it's really interesting seeing Anne, who has grown somewhat, be affected by Marcy, who has not just yet. Yeah, and I think you even see that in, like, their conversation at the beginning, where, like, Marcy goes, like, Sasha's the sleepover queen, not us. Do you think we can pull it off? Like, and, like, Anne trying to, like, tell Marcy, no, like, we don't need that influence. We can do this. And Marcy doesn't get it. Like, <laughs> with, like, the queen yeah, joke, guess, like... Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, with the queen joke, and it's, like, Marcy kind of unintentionally, like, drags Anne backward, like... <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, I think that's easily, like... Like, that's just, like, my... I think, yeah, that is, um... Like, yeah, this is what I'm always saying, man, but, like... Yeah, I feel like yeah, the trio are definitely at their most interesting when it's like when it's when you sort of see this push and pull going on between them and Anne because like Anne, like her development is like you know very forward. Like very rarely does she have an episode that where it's sort of like oh my gosh, you know she's taking a step back. I mean, I, I guess yeah, true. I feel like if there, if there is ever a moment where she did take like a giant step back in her development, it was after True Colors where she had to recover from that three A. But like yeah, for most of the series, it is about Anne. Um, sticking with the planters and that helping her improve and become a better person. Then whenever she meets Marcy and Sasha, you you sort of get to see how 
they're pulling her away, um, pulling her away, uh, her, yeah, pulling away her, um, her from her development at times. And like, yeah, this is one of those episodes where we get to see just how much Anna sort of left that status quo in a way, right? Like the fact that she's like totally prepared to, you know, make this whole sleepover work and saw, and Marcy's just there constantly thinking about, you know, how Sasha would make this thing work, how what Sasha would do, all that stuff, right? Like it, it's just. And like the show, and my favorite part is the fact that the show never directly calls that out, right? Like it's just, like there's a subtext going on of the trio that the show is never direct about until like, like what? Like yeah, the second to last episode, <laughs> pretty much the second to last episode, literally the second to last episode. And and like, yeah, it's interesting how like yeah. I'm about to throw on like another layer of a tangent here, but I, I it's just. It is for me. It's just interesting how like how much a story does sort of change when you notice these things, right? Like all these subtle details going on about the relationship. Also, okay. Also, I'm gonna plug one more thing. Just because I forgot to say before, but yeah, one of my favorite parts about this episode again is how how this is pretty much Spriggan. Yeah, how this is Spriggan Polly's first sleepover, and I just love the fact that like Anne coming into her lives gave them this opportunity to sort of like. It'll experience more normal kid stuff because they sort of have. I mean, he makes have the childhoods um, stolen away from them. Like he reveals them. So I don't. Know, I'm just really happy yeah. they got them. But yeah, that's what I gotta say. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I didn't even thought about that with freaking Polly. Yeah, I think like, oh, man, like it's. I think it's so interesting too because you see like a lot of people with Anne and Marcy. Like, I wasn't a part of the fandom at the time, but like. <laughs> I can tell from, like, fan art and stuff or whatever that Anne and Marcy have, like, this really, like, a lot of people considered Anne and Marcy's relationship to be so much better than Sasha and Anne's. And to a certain extent, like, they're right, but it's, like, they're, like, like, they're, like, toxic traits with each other. I think we'll get to that more at Day of the Aquarium, but, like, are always more, like, subtle. Like, you don't, like... You have to, like, really, like, pay attention with that. With Sasha, it's more obvious from, like, an outsider perspective. You know what I mean? But, like, with Marcy and Anne, it's always, like, I don't know. It's always, like, harder to tell. So. Um. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get you because it's, like, it, it, yeah, it, it sort of is set up that way, right? Like, where. I mean, they do that on purpose, I'd say. Like, we're, we're just supposed to, like... You know, even when Marcy's, like, worst moments are shown before True Colors, like, there's still, like, that level of deniability. Like, there's still that excuse you can give to Marcy. So, like, I, I truly... I mean, I feel like the reason why it was kind of hard to, like, put into words before True Colors happens is because, like, they, they really set it up like that, right? Yeah. It's... It is very interesting how well they kind of develop the trio's relationship, even with, like, one of the girls not here. You know what I mean? It's it's great. Um, any final thoughts on, like, this scene specifically, by the way? Or... All right, so Olivia comes in, and she's got the little mustache and stuff on her face, and that was, like, the sleepover to end all sleepovers. And, like... I guess, like, to go into, like, final thoughts here. Yeah, I love this episode. This episode always has, like, 
it has that perfect balance of lore and like very like deep character relationships with we get to see with Anne, Marcy and their relationship with Sasha. It gives us like such a strong idea of Sasha's presence in their friend group in general. And it I think to me like yeah, like this is just like one of the peak episodes of Amphibia for me. I always love coming back to this one all the time. Um I guess like Pickle, any like final thoughts? Um, all around a very good episode. I don't have any more comments for the most part about anything. I mean, I mostly mentioned it already, but I do have to say, because it didn't really fit anywhere else, I really like Marcy's shirt. I would buy that. I would wear that. <laughs> <laughs> basically it. Thank you, Pickle. Uh, Sunsphere, final thoughts? That's a good one. I always, it always feels like a bit of a sneaky episode to me. I don't know exactly why, but it just kind of slides in and says, Hey, I'm really good, by the way. Okay. Thank you, Sinsfury. And Nick, final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, like, I agree with you there. Like, this being peak, like, this being an example of peak is a good deal. Like, yeah, like, they're, like, man, like, they're, they're, they're like, these specific episodes of video where I'm just like, ah, damn, did they give that right? Like, where you can see where you can sort of, like, break down in their mind um, where they're going with that episode, and, like, they just got everything right that they needed to and more. And this is, like, not just this one, but the, but the other occurring, too. Like, these two episodes, they're just prime examples of that. Thank you, Nick. Um... So I guess, now, with all that being said, I think we can go to the next episode which is a Day at the Aquarium, uh, directed by Joe Johnson, written by Gloria Shen, storyboarded by Imbal, Brenda, and Cassie Ward. Uh, and yeah, so like to give like a little summary of this episode, Day at the Aquarium, essentially, you know, all of our heroes are kind of like, came from the sleepover, they're all really tired, and, they come to meet Andreas, and Andreas is like, I know something about the box. And he tells them about, like, the temples and, like, how they have to go to each one, essentially, like, to, uh, to give power to the gems and recharge the box. Um, but, you know, Andreas says they got to prepare. And Anne is like, and Hop Hop is like, they have to go back um, to Wartwood to kind of like, because it's harvest season coming up. Anne wants to go with them, but Marcy says, nah, -uh, you stay with me. And Anne's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, this is going to be their last time together. They go to the, Anne and the planters are like, let's go to the aquarium and not think about it. They try to have some fun, but they end up crying a lot. Um, eventually, you know, they go to um, one of the bigger exhibits. They cause some chaos. They get kicked out. Um, and as the planters are about to leave Newtopia, Marcy lets Anne go. And Anne goes with the planters back to Wartwood, and Marcy stays in Newtopia until she gets back to the first temple. And that's, that in summary, is Day at the Aquarium. 
Well, uh, also, um, Andreas approaches Marcy, Marcy with a proposition. Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> that is very important. I probably should have mentioned that. <laughs> um, but yeah, to give like general thoughts of this episode, um, Sun's Fury, how about you go first? Oh gosh. I have good memories of A Day at the Aquarium. This it's, it's my kind of episode. It's looking at the it, I really like how it just goes into kind of the difficulty of separation and how even how you can go to a place it, Oh gosh. Lost track of my question talk. But this is this really captures one of the key parts of Amphibia, which is the idea of going to a completely new place and initially being feeling like an outsider and then honestly quite quickly being attached to it. And then when it's time to go running into that exact same barrier that you encountered coming in, you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave home. You don't want to leave the place you went to. And a day of the aquarium is kind of vital to for Anne to have that realization of hold on a minute, I'm not ready to leave the planters. These are too too great, but I don't want to I don't want to do this. And so yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it. And there's some interesting bits at the end that feed into all of the future and some future stuff that I think reflects well on this episode. Okay, thank you, Sunsphere. Um, Pickle, uh, general thoughts? This episode is just great. It's really funny in the way that it's sad, and then it gets really, like, actually heartwarming at the end, and then it doubles back down on the sad. And it's just, I, I, this is definitely one of my... My favorite uh, episodes in terms of, like, episodic sale. I know it's very important, but, like, the, like, looking back on all the adventures is just really fun. Okay. Thank you, Pickle. Um, Nick, uh, general thoughts on this episode? Yeah, yeah, like, it's like a, a day at the aquarium. Like, my God. Like... Damn, I don't even know where to start with this one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I already got called out, but screw you. I'm <laughs> this is another peak of Amphibia. This is another peak of Amphibia. <laughs> like, this is... This is... Honestly, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot to consider right now, but I, I will say, for me, this is what really started to make Amphibia feel so special to me. Like, when, when I really started re um, realizing, you know, what kind of, like, grand story I was seeing um get unfolded here and like I did at the aquarium. Yeah, that's um uh, yeah, I already I even had like well, a friend ask me one time like, you know, like if if you had like you know, what is like your go to episode of Amphibia that just sort of like describes what you think makes it so special and yeah, I I, I would a day of the aquarium would be mine. Like it would absolutely be mine. Like it it, it captures like what the heart of Amphibia is, like these um this group of people who came together because an inciting incident. And, like, the experiences and love that, you know, that will change them forever, right? Like, there's that heart right there. Then there's also just, like, 
all the intrigue and like their storytelling that Amphibia does, it's also packed in this episode. Then there's also then there's all just like I could go into more, but I don't want to steal everything away that we're going to talk about here. But like, yeah, this is a very special episode to me. That's always been like that's always just found its place. Like if I ever make a top ten list, I'm sure like being solved. There's so many damn episodes like this. Like this will easily make its way into that top ten. Like absolutely. Like I just this is a very special episode to me. And I just love it so much. Thank you, Nick. And yeah, like for my general thoughts, like yeah, I, I love the the, the aquarium. Especially with see like with just us having the hardest thing and and, and having to separate to the planters um for forever, you know, it's this episode definitely holds like a, a stronger place in that aspect. I love all the callbacks to like all the season one and even season two adventures. That was great. Um and not to go like because I'll go into more detail about it in like as we go through, but like yeah, I <laughs> I love this episode. I love like Andreas and Marcy's little like stuff in this episode. That's all I'll say. But yeah, this episode is very enjoyable. I, I like it a lot. Um now to like finally get into the episode itself. So we first start off with like and the planters, you know, they're super tired and I super tired. Olivia still has like her markings from Polly. I thought that was great how well this episode just smoothly goes into this one. Like, it, like, season two does that quite a bit more than, like, season one did, where the episodes, like, like, Scavenger Hunt and, like, Planters Check In, like, it feels like a two-parter, you know what I mean? Instead of, like, two separate episodes. So, like, I love that, like, smooth transition between, like, this episode and and the last one, you know? Um, they keep going. Like, yeah, I don't talk about saying either. Like, Amphibia doesn't, like, usually do that a whole lot, but I, I do, I don't know, it just, I feel like the fact that it's so rare for Amphibia to do that just creates this cool feeling whenever you can tell, like, this episode just picks up right after the, um, right after the another. Like, it doesn't really change anything, like, the quality of it, but it's, like, I mean, it, it's still nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think, like, season three does this a little bit more. I think 3A specifically, like, has a lot more of that, like, the next episode causes consequences for the the next one right after. It smoothly transitions, like, fight at the museum, Temple Frogs, that conflict continues from the last one, fixing Frobo and Sterminator, you know. And it was something that season two started to do more, and I think it kind of lets you know, like, like, that this the entire narrative is just a lot more connected overall. So I love that. Um so to keep going. Um, so they meet Andreas and he's like super excited, right? To show them anything about the box. I love the <laughs> Andreas does a little like pog face. <laughs> it kind of blows the Planters to the ground, which I get. I love this detail of like Marcy is like always prepared for Andreas's bullcrap, so like she never falls down. But like, and the planters are always like tripping and falling when Andreas does like anything. Great. Um. So Andreas is like 
shows them the book. He's super excited and tells them <laughs> the box was a magical artifact used to travel the different worlds and that from his people, and they were like peacekeepers and scientists, which yeah, that's, yeah believable. that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, he literally like, he broke eye contact. He was like, explorers, you could say. Like, like you say, like, scientists, if you will. <laughs> like, like, the fact he, like, that's what you do, man. That's what we were like, that's what we were all like, hey, uh, what the hell? Like, wait a minute. Like, that's what we were like, what's going on here? Like, I mean, it, his first line wasn't ominous enough. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it's so. I don't know, it's just so, like, interesting to put myself, like, that perspective again, but where it's like. We, we didn't, we just didn't know how Andrews quite fit into the story yet. Like, we knew they were building up a villain, but it's also just like. How does he oppose the gang? Like, we don't know how he opposes... Yeah, we don't know how he opposes... Um, yeah, We get that answer in, like, the first temple. But before he did that, bef- like, it took us over 50% of the story to truly understand who was opposing the group, who actually, you know, what again... Like, you know what I mean? Who, who was the main threat of the series? Like, and, like, I don't know. It's just so... It's always so cool to, like, look back and see how they slowly built that up with Andreas. Yeah, and, like... <laughs> I think, like, yeah, it's just kind of crazy, like, how well that is built up. Because, again, like, Amphibia didn't really have, like, like, it had Sasha, right? And it was, like, but Sasha's not showing up that much. Like, she yeah. shows up to be, like, adoring an Anne's side one time, and then, like, in two colors, and then that's it. So, like, at least when I was watching it, I knew he was, like, okay, Andrews is definitely a bad guy, but, like, I never really thought, like, I don't know, like, of uh, uh, Amphibia having a big bad never popped into my head. Like, oh, also, one of the things is that Sasha, like, as of, because we've just gone through Toadcatcher, she's not actually in, like, opposition to the main squad right now. Like, she's off having, doing her own thing, and sure, it's fairly villainous, it's still, like, decidedly separate right now and the only way that they link up is the incidental well at least what we think of is accidentally running into each other that kind of thing whereas Andreas is being built up into a more of a directly tied into what Marcy and Anna are trying to do right now yeah exactly and damn that's a good point sense for your I think like a little off topic, but I just find it interesting. I, I always kind of think, like, you know, with Andrews, like, like, not having eye contact when he says, like, peacekeepers and scientists, if you will. Like, Anne and Marcy were probably, like, slapping themselves, like, <laughs> like, in the face. Like, <laughs> like during True Colors, like, they should have noticed this shit. <laughs> like, way sooner, like... Anne's line was like, we were so focused on each other, we didn't see the real, I don't know, she's basically calling her themselves out about being yeah, an extremely obvious evil guy. Yeah, and like, like, Marcy should have been the one to notice it first. Like, homie made a whole cast system. Like, that's like, come on. 
<laughs> like okay, didn't push that. <laughs> Mar- Marcy isn't isn't always the most moral when it comes to her actions in Amphibia, but that's besides the point. I mean, yeah. she he could. I think my personal thoughts on it, not necessarily like, not even necessarily. I mean, definitely based in canon, but not necessarily even about being canon, more about like being a head canon. Is that like she to an extent? knows or could have very obviously seen that Andres was going to be evil, but she kind of chose to block it out and pretend that everything was going to be fine because she didn't want to do that actually face, like, the yeah. the consequences for actions. Yeah. Um... They kind of keep going. Um... So Andrews explains the box, and we get to see, like, the book itself. And, you know, like, a lot of, like, he essentially explains that, like, you have to go to three temples to recharge each gem. And, like, once they're recharged, like, and, like, cuts them, cuts them off, you know, like, like, we'll have a way home. And, like, Andrew's like, okay, steal my thunder. And then, like, you know, shows the book. And, like, I think this is, like, this is the point right here where, like, all the utopian, like, learning the language and stuff or understanding it really pays off. Because here, like, we get, like, the prophecy, but, like, also, like, not really at the same time. Like, 99% of people don't know this exists, but, like, it's written, like, right on the right side there. Like, even some information on the temples itself, I'm pretty sure. Like, the green one was wit, the heart is, um, well, heart, okay. And then (laughs) the fist is strength, so, yeah. Yeah, like, this was, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, this this is pretty mind-blowing. Like, you know, we get the... Are we going to hold off discussion on the... Are we going to hold off discussion on the book, or are we, like, going to talk about it now? I think we could talk about it now because I feel like we're gonna have a lot to talk about at the end with like in Marcy's tragedy and Anne's okay. whatnot. So yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. This was just yeah, yeah. This was just like really mind blowing to get because like this was to me. I, I know there was like the mural and like you know um in the in the background of the intro that that played every episode, but like this was what was really mind blowing because we because I feel like. The fandom didn't really know where the show was going to go with itself, like what it was trying to build up. Because it was, I mean, it was just, I know, I know we had the we had the idea that like obviously you know they're going to get home by the end of the series, right? Like the plan just might separate the end of the series, blah 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 blah. Like we always had that in mind, but like we didn't really get an idea of where the story would truly go until like we got this that told us that there was like this greater importance to them being an amphibia, that there's this underground plot that's going on that that none of us are even fully aware of, that we don't even fully understand. Like, yeah, this episode, my God, just seeing those translations, seeing it say, like, you know, wit, strength, heart, like, that was truly just, I don't know how to describe it besides mind-blowing, like, Christ, like, 
Christ on a stick. Like this is like it is absolutely you know one of the things that created all this overwhelming hype for the hype for the second half season too. Like you know, like that was just now that's just how you sec- set up a second half. Uh, that was so foundational to so much. Yeah, like <laughs> I wish I like could be like yeah, totally, guys. Like I know exactly what you mean, but like I. <laughs> I I can't because <laughs> again, like I wasn't a part. I didn't even know this shit existed until like. <laughs> I mean, until, were like, we ever were we ever told like act, actually said out loud with strength and heart, or was that just the symbols all, the whole time? Uh, the, I think the temples. I mean, next the symbols. Do like the temples like specifically say wit or that sort of thing? I'm pretty sure they do. Okay, I I, I couldn't remember properly. Because like, yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. what is wit without humility yeah. and like, I'm, and at least mm. in the book mm. it says the, the actual thing. It's at least in the book. I'd have to actually go look at the transcripts to figure out the more specific stuff. I think I, I am starting to remember now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So I guess we can keep moving on. Uh, so, Anne and Marcy are kind of like, woo, let's go to the temples, like, let's get it. And then, like, Anne's just like, chill out. <laughs> Y'all gotta, like, prepare before you keep going. And then, you know, Hot Pop goes, like, the harvest is coming up and they can't miss it. They gotta get back to Wartwood. And Anne is firmly like, oh, yeah, I'll just go with the planters. Like, duh, like. So what we usually do, like, we always stick together. And then Marcy comes in, is like, whoa, 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 like, I'm getting sense of you to go with them, like, like, you just met up with me, like, <laughs> um, what is that? I lost my train of thought. There we go. Um, like, the last thing we need to do is, like, separate again, and, and, you know, she's a little, like, she's very hesitant. She's trying to make up some, like, reason to go with them but marcy keeps counteracting like over and over again with some very logical like explanation and then and just kind of just agrees and they're like you know they have those about little crying that all the and, and the planters are really sad you know and and just is i love the little joke about the the tissues and yeah like I guess, like, I guess I can go on this scene a little bit, just because, like, I don't know. I always loved, like, this part of, like, Anne and Marcy's relationship has always just been so interesting to me. Like, Anne is very much, like, it's almost, like, I just love, like, the idea of Marcy just constantly counteracting Anne's heart with her wit. Like, every single time and like tries to like make an excuse to go with the planters she even tries like making like a logical reason like that marcy was doing too like she's like i gotta go get the music box like right hp like i it's such a cool part of their dynamic where like marcy is taking the lead and Anne is like kind of just like what's the right word like 
just being submissive, but like in a very different kind of way. I don't know. This conversation was always just so interesting to me. There's so much you can kind of get off of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, 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 this is definitely one of those um, Marxist scenes. I feel like this is like one of those Marxist scenes I was talking about before where it's like, there is some plausible deniability for Marx where you can say like, oh, nah, nah, she 100% meant well, there is no little manipulation, there is no, the, like, Marx, <laughs> there, there's, there's no alternative, there, there, you know what I mean, like, like, stuff like that, and like, if we're being honest, man, I mean, like, Marx just sort of, like, ambushed Andy here with all this stuff, and like, yeah, I mean, and it's like, I mean, we don't know the real reason why she's doing this. Like, she she does want Anne to stay with her, but, like, instead of just, you know, sort of expressing that to her, she's just, like, you know, jumping on, like, the logical side of things, and I just, you know, talking and um, talking of Anne heart-to-heart here, and I'm like, you know, like, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's where that does bite her back in the end. I mean, we, we all go to say that, but... Yeah, like, man, like, this is sad. <laughs> like, yeah. and having to, like, because, dude, it's like, I don't know, like, yeah, it's, it, this is miserable, man. I mean, like, especially after, like, the finale, like, this is miserable. It's like, dude, Christ, like, in, in the hardest thing, yeah, she was very strong about it. Like, she was, like, sure, she was crying, there were tears, but she was still very strong about, like, you know, having to say goodbye to them. But, like, in this episode, dude, like, I mean, this is all too much for her. Like, this is all way too... You can tell how sudden this is. Like, she's just yeah. not something like this. And, like, yeah, she's just barely clinging to find, like, any reason to spend more time with her. It's just... It's sad. Like, I, don't, I don't know how else to have it. <laughs> no, it's, definitely, it's, it's not the happy episode, by the way. Yeah, and, like, I think, like, it's just... It's just crazy to me, like... Marcy doesn't really, like, get it. Like, why Anne's, like, she might, like, I feel like Marcy might understand, like, how much of a relationship Anne has with the planters. But I feel like at this moment, she's kind of like, no, no, she definitely does. I think it's just more like at this point, Anne, Marcy is like, no, we got to keep this group together. We got to keep this friendship together. That she's very much like, she's saying, like, listen to your head, not your heart. But it's like, I feel like Marcy's working with her heart here, too. She's just using logic to, like, kind of, like, hide it. Because, like, they could eat, like, it's also a very good plan for Anne to just go with the planters and get the box. Like, I mean, uh, if she is, I think she's hiding it from herself as well. I mean, a yeah. lot of what Marcy does is all about, like, trying to pretend she's being logical, even if there is a deeper motive whether or not she's aware of it in herself. And in the end, she does She does kind of know that she's being selfish because she does let Anne go. I just think she, this episode is about Anne coming to terms with having to leave the planners behind, but there's kind of a more background element of Marcy coming to terms with the fact that she needs to leave Anne behind. Yeah, and like... Yeah, this whole scene is just great. I think it, like, demonstrates a lot more of, like, the toxic side of, like, 
of Marxan, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, again, it's, it's one of those things where people don't really call that out. You know what I mean? Like, Marcy's actively trying to keep Anne for herself and, like, not, even though Anne can clearly stay with her frog family and it's like, and she's just, like, dismissing her heart with logic. Like, it's, and Anne, who's, like, too nice to say no, like, just goes with it. Like, and doesn't trust herself enough and Marcy just kind of uses that, like, <laughs> and yeah, like it's yeah, it's just it's just great. I love this whole scene. Um so like the planters are like very sad that they have to separate from Anne. And I love the tissue joke. I think that's great, like from I love that they bring the tissue with them too, like <laughs> into the flagon. Like they yeah. didn't have to do that, but like it's they're gonna need it for the ride home, right? Yeah. <laughs> is it just me or like is this establishing shot weird? Because like it says like it shows them like it has the establishing shot in like the hotel, but like they're clearly in the flagon too, right? Like. Oh my oh, god, wait. <laughs> oh god, wait. Wait. Oh, yo, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Like, that always drew me off. I'm like, they're clearly in the flagon. Like, huh. it's, it's, it is odd. Like, oh, wait, has a flagon ever been that big? Wait, is this a flagon? I, I think, think it is, big. right? I but, like, it's, it's not like... a hotel, right? Because, like, I think it, yeah. it might be the hotel. Like, it just looks too big to be a flag. I swear the flag was... Is that a picture? Hold on, let me get it now. Like, this is just a location that we don't know. <laughs> like, this is just, like, a random location where we're, like, clearly introduced. I don't know. It, it just does not look like the... It really does not look like the flag. But it has, like, the... I don't know, man. Like, it looked like the flagon. Like, hold on. Let me see if I can get a screenshot. It's like... Because the hotel looked so different. Like, it looked, like, all pretty and stuff. But then, like, here it's, like... Hold on. Let me get it now. The audience is, like, wondering what the hell's going on. All right, there we go. Okay, hopefully it shows. Like that, that looks like the flagon. Like that does not look like the hotel at all. The hotel is way cleaner than like whatever they're in now. Like. Weird. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I was, yeah. Maybe that is. Maybe that is. Because it has, like, it's got the, the mushroom lights and the kind of homey style that looks like it makes sense inside the... The, the flagon. The flagon, yeah. Yeah, I think that checks out for it to be the flagon because that is not 
Newtopia style. Yeah, exactly. It but might just anyway. be entirely because it doesn't really look like the flag. Yeah. I mean, back to the episode, I mean, like, I don't know, it's, damn it, man, I mean, th- th- this episode, like, they, even before we got the hardest thing, we were, like, we were always saying, like, this is sort of, like, a prototype for, like, you know, what the separation could mean for this group, and I know, I, mean, I know we were just talking about the hardest thing a lot with this, um, with this episode, but it's, I mean, it's just the fact that, like, yeah, it ended up being Anne's job in the finale, right? Like, she became, like, a herpetologist, and she works in an aquarium. Like, it's... Yeah, like, it's... It's it's great, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Damn, like... It, I just love how... Yeah, they have the aquarium. Like, it, it gets that boost from how the series ends. Yeah, that's just... Damn. Yeah, and... With them at the aquarium itself, like... I gotta say, like, this this whole environment, like, is so pretty. Like, like, I'm not even sure what it is, but, like, just, it's just beautiful. Like, I love how they were able to make, like, a modern aquarium, but, like, still in that ancient Utopia style, like, it's, like, it's so distinct from the rest of the show, but, like, they really did a good job of making this place feel unique, but still, like, it's ancient, but yet still, like, Beautiful at the same time, you know. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> Let me just say, like, goddamn, part of my favorite, like, it's just <laughs> the player just constantly getting depressed is just like another one of my favorite parts of this episode. Like, someone just says something like a little off, and like, boom, they're just <laughs> reminded of their misery. Yeah, like they're. They're sensitive, like, they're fragile emotional states. Like, anything can just make them have, like, a terrible day in a second. And I just <laughs> I love how well it's used in this episode. Because this episode's a callback episode, right? Like, essentially, like... Yeah. It's just callback after callback after callback. Like, the first callback we get is, like, like those eels that, like, Anne and Sprig dealt with in Flood, Sweat, and Tears, like... <laughs> that was great, like, and Hot Pop doesn't really get the importance of it at first until like, and Sprig start like reminiscing about it, and like, uh, yeah, like, uh, like it's it's like moments like these, like this is because it's because this episode is basically like, you know the halfway point with Amphibia. It is like a celebration of the story so far because like you know that's sort of like. Because what we are, because it's 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 like, man, like there's I don't know, there's there's just so much to it. Like like there's a reason why they handled the episode like this. Like we're halfway through the story, we're reminiscing on like all the past adventures we had of this group, and the group is going, and the group is testing. You know what would it be like for them to have to split up? And like, there's a reason. Like, yeah, like there's 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 a reason why all this is happening. It's just. I haven't, like, pulled a piece out together myself yet, but, like, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, it all packs together for a really powerful punch of an episode. Like, this is truly, like, I mean, I already praised it. I'm saying it again, but this is just really one of Amphibia's best. And, you know, we keep going through the episode, and 
they see they go into like a little hallway and they see like the kraken that looked like the one and tried to cook in lily pad thai which which is great yeah <laughs> yeah it's a different color from the one that was there though so but yeah but that's just great like again i never said it on the podcast but like lily pad thai is like I love Lily Pad Thai. <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's a really good episode. Yeah, like I won't go too much on a tangent because it's not that episode, but it's I love it. Um, Man, and the plant is getting depressed again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, they just kind of go crazy once they get to the the coral part. <laughs> yeah, that, that's when they really start popping off. Like the show just one of them. Yeah, like this whole episode feels kind of like, like mini Dreeby, like <laughs> with the amount of like, yeah, yeah Dreeby had like all the call out, all the callbacks and stuff, and like this episode is like just callback city, like yeah, just kind of letting you know what the and and the planters have been through all these years, well, all these years, <laughs> all these months. Here we go. It feels like years though. But yeah, it's it's great. Like we get like the hop hops cane domino two, like the couple cannibal. of the like, uh, the freaking candles. <laughs> like oh, they run. Yeah, cannibal. Yeah, like it's interesting because a lot of this. Yeah, a lot of this stuff doesn't really come back. Like in terms of like. Well, besides Domino, too, obviously. But, like, unless I'm wrong, right? Like, a lot of the stuff that gets called back here, um, at least in this part specifically, doesn't really, like, come back in the, like, season three, right? I think. Yeah, yeah not really. No, I think Grubhog. Yeah, Grubhog gets, like, a cameo. So. Yeah. That's that. I'm not, yeah. So, like, one of the purple security guard comes in. It's, like, your, like, your sadness is, like, scaring, like, the kids. I don't know what that reference is to, like, the the old lady knew or whatever, like, telling the other kids, like, no emotion. I feel like that's a reference to something that I don't get. Like, yeah, I'm not really sure, like, but, um, but yeah, like, the security guard tells them, like, going to the Stingray show might cheer them up, always cheers him up, and they're like, you know, and the planters have never met any Stingrays up to this point, so they kind of go to the show, and, um, I forget, like, what would you call the person, like, taking control of, like, the um all like not the wildlife but like all the animals and stuff there forget exactly what you would call them but like yeah huh all right i'm I'm not sure (laughs) i'm sorry i was like i don't know yeah okay well essentially she's like the showman i guess i'm not sure essentially she's running the show so like she comes in like and ask for anyone to come down to like 
for the performance. Briggs like, yeah, sure. And like, <laughs> they think it's going to be the Stingrays. Like, they're going to be the ones like doing the show. But like, she actually surprises them. It's actually the snake from like, all the way from Best Friends, right? Different color, but like, still like similar thing, you know? <laughs> and like, as soon as Sprig sees that in Anne, like, I love this scene because like, yeah. Sprig and Anne both realize like, <laughs> what it is and they're both crying about it. And Hop Hop's like, <laughs> Hop Hop doesn't know they've seen it because, like, <laughs> yeah, dude, no, that was just so sweet. Like, 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 like the look that Sprig and Ann give to each other, and then Hop Hop's just like, you get, I don't know, man, the music's just like, Hop Hop's like, you dang kids always disobeying me, like, sex crying because of that. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet. Oh. God, I'm I'm going back to the look that Spring and Anne give to each other. It's just so I know it's kind of comical, but it, it's so powerful, man. Like it's like man, because you just this is like that was their first um sort of adventure together alone, and like that was their kind of like our, our, our I mean I, I I know like the Van of Beast. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this I'm calling I'm calling Best Friends the official buff of the friendship, right? Like I mean it is it is so like. That's our first brand adventure, and like we know how like important that is to these two, and it's just man, that powerful exchange. Like, but I don't know, man, it's hard to me for some reason. Like, even supposed to be kind of, even supposed, even so, it's like kind of a joke. It's, it's, I don't know. Like, I love how this episode it does play like their emotions as sort of like a joke, but it's also still like a very emotional episode. Like, they they struck at a really nice bounce. Yeah, I think like. Damn, that's good. Um, I think what always is... I think I already mentioned it, but yeah, like, Hop Pop, like, not knowing, like, they went on that whole adventure is just so funny to me. Especially, like, considering Anne, Anne was always, like, in, like, season one, like, eventually, she would, like, in, you know, season two as well, eventually she kind of grew to a point where she would admit she did something wrong, or, like, even in when she doesn't have to. She'll always take responsibility of what she did, even if it doesn't, like, even if she doesn't have to admit it, you know? And, like, I just find that funny that that first adventure, Anne and Sprig didn't say shit to Hot Pop. They did not admit yeah. anything. And, like, it's just great. I love that. Um, so, like, you know, Sprig, like, messes up the performance. They get scared and like now, like Sprigs in the water with a bunch of like frog eating stingrays, you know. And we get like a really cool like action scene where like and every, all the planters are essentially dealing with the stingrays and their own like their own references, you know. Like we get that like flood, sweat, and tears like. Um, entire scene where like Anne the Anne and like Sprig are using the um the surfboard to like I forget what she says like you set them up and like Anne goes like you set them up and Sprig goes like and I I'll knock them down like that's great. yeah 
that whole portion is just yeah it's just a great like callback overall and then like hop pop comes in and he like they do like that little thing in like big bug ball game where like hop pop puts his tongue around like ann's arm and then and like swings them like to the other side which is great yeah, God, like, that's just my favorite part, like, that scene where, like, I just love thinking about the fact that, like, Anne, she used to be super grossed out about, like, having their tongues anywhere near her, and now she's just, like, you know what I mean? Like, now she's just, like, hop, hop, like, let's do this, let's, let's do a combo attack, and, like, did I mean, like, I don't know, that, that's just gross to me. Like, that, that's one of my favorite, like, besides her getting used to eating bugs, like, that's one of my favorite parts of her girl. Yeah, and, like, I just love the synergy she has with all the planters. She just instantly knows what to do. Like yeah. with each and every one of them too. It's just it shows how much like they've grown, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. and, how, and Polly like does the little like I forget which reference, like I thought the spit was like maybe was, a reference to girl time, but Oh Pick, are you gonna say something? I'm sorry. But, oh, I was just saying, I'm pretty sure that's girl time. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 because it's the spitting competition in there. Oh, okay. I was making sure, because, like, it's a little different than, like, how it's shown in that episode. You know what I mean? Like, she's kind of doing a more hydro pump kind of situation. So, like, with this one, then, like, in the, um, then in girl time itself, you know? But like, yeah, that part's just great. Like, and then, you know, they shoot the stingrays out of the aquarium. Which is actually a good thing for them. So, I mean, they, they fought them, but like, you know, it's a good victory for them, you know. For both of the planters and the stingrays. Um, and then like, <laughs> the planters like doing like a high five like yeah we did it and then they get kicked out immediately yeah. <laughs> and banned for life <laughs> and I love the pop hops like they got like a new memory for them to cherish forever they didn't just like avoid the old ones that was cute I love that like and the uh, they all laugh it off and then we cut back to the front of the hotel. It's sunset now, and now we get to the sad part, you know, like, <laughs> where, like, Anne is, like, helping the planters move out the hotel, you know, giving them all their stuff into the wagon. And, yeah, like, <laughs> Anne is very much trying to prepare herself to kind of leave them forever. Marcy's like, have a safe trip back. Like, we'll just send like a messenger to get back the music box. Cause, and then, oh man, like, Anne gives like this big, like, just like this, like, very like heartwarming hug. Like, Anne's trying to, like, like, Hop Hop's trying to give hope. You know what I mean? Like, 
Like, we'll see each other again. And it's like, will we though, when? And then it's, man, this scene gets me, man. Like, after the heart, yeah. like, God damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like, even trying to explain it's hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> that line, me, that, that line is just cruel. Like, family finds each other, right? Like, uh. Yeah, and then that's referencing the hardest thing. And, like, I, I love even, like, the and Hot Pops goodbyes, like, has very similar <laughs> vibes to the hardest things goodbye, too. Like, Hot Pop is very much, like, hopeful that they'll see each other again. And then, and it's like, it's, ah, uh, goddamn, it's great. <laughs> um, and then, like, you know, we get this. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> I'm trying to do it, like. Like we get sprayed against the world, and then, and then they set off, right? And they give like a, you know, and a spray give themselves like a, a nice little hug, and then they're off, and then we get like this beautiful scene in the sunset, you know, like the planters drive off, and. Marcy's giving, trying to give, like, it just made the most sense, like, logical thing to do. And then at that moment, Marcy's, like, she kind of feels bad and gives Marcy, and gives Anne, like, the chance to actually go with the planters. And, like, I think even before we get to, like, no, I'll I'll keep going, because I know we're going to say a lot about the Marcy stuff in a bit, so I'll just keep going. Marcy lets Anne go, and she's, like, running through Newtopia. We get to see all, like, the Newtopia characters who we'll never see, like, again. (laughs) They deserve to cameo in the hardest thing, at least. They really did. (laughs) Or at least be a part of the rebellion. Like, God. Like, I know they kind of were, but, like, ah. (laughs) You know? Like. Like. Yeah, like we we it's crazy. We never really like we get to see these characters. Like Priscilla is like in the background in all in, but like come on. <laughs> you know, like like really we never meet these characters again and they're all like Yeah, like it's pretty much like after this point, even when we get back to Newtopia, we never get that same peaceful fun kind of like element to it again. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. Like, once two colors happens and we're back, like, it's wartime and it gets all destroyed. So, like, yeah. Um. So, like, and finally meets up with the planters, and you have, like, this gorgeous, like, shot of, like, and like in front of the sunset, I love that shot. It's just this entire like the lighting in general in this scene is beautiful. Like, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, mm, I love the sunset. Yeah, and Billy loves 
Yeah, and she's like, I'm coming with you to Wartwood. She gets back on the, the wagon and like, yeah, and they set off and yeah, like this, yeah, the lighting for this scene is great. Like, I just love that they gave you kind of like that feeling like they could be gone forever. Like, I know like logically like, oh, that's not gonna like, but like, it's such like this big thing of like separating in the planters, right? Like they never like, even like, besides at the end, you know, it's such a huge thing of keeping them as like a full package, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very, you never, it's very like obvious when Anne and the planters aren't like with each other. Like, if Anne's in the episode, the planters have to be with her, right? Usually, the only episode I think that isn't the case is like Sasha's Angels, and like, that's it. Every other episode at least has a planter with Anne, and it's like, the show kind of gives you that like, uh, maybe they're not going to see each other again, but like, it just like, yeah, man, I don't know. This whole scene is just awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so heartwarming. And it uh, really kind of felt like, especially because this was a mid-season finale, there was a good chance, at least like I felt, that we were not going to see the planters, like not for a while at least, and this was a good buy. I thought at most there was going to be like three episodes where they weren't apart and then they reunite or something. I didn't think they were going to part them for too long because they are the core of the show, but I did. I, w- I was sold on them like actually leaving for good in that episode. Or not for, for actually leaving and not just being a, a, switch, a bait and switch type thing. Yeah, and I think oh. like, oh Nick, you can go, man. Oh yeah, I, I was just gonna say like, I, I feel like back then I I I just kept, I, I I feel like I knew in my heart they wanted. I was thinking to myself like, nah, there's no way, right? They aren't gonna separate them because I feel like if they were gonna get it, they would have gone way harder. You know what I mean, like like, I mean, and they did. They, they they eventually did. We know where, but like, yeah, I was, I was thinking to myself like, yeah, there's. I feel like, I kind of I got it. I doubt it. I was like, I was like, there's no way. They, they treated it as like a sort of like a joke in the first half. There's no way. <laughs> like, I, you know, like I can understand why all the people did. Like, it's just like because this episode does a really good, good damn job of thinking that you, of making because yeah, you know, this does it like the way this episode handles this in so many different ways. Like, yeah, I, I cannot blame anyone for thinking that they're actually so. I'm mean, separate because I mean. My God, like, and this episode already celebrates so much of their journey so far that it's like it's the show is telling you, yeah, that was all awesome, but now it's over, and now it's time for them to separate. So I, I can't blame anyone for being um, opposite, but yeah, like, like back then I was just like, so like back then I was like, no way, yeah, and like, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm kind of sometimes. I'm sometimes. I'm kind of glad, like we we never got to this episode before three V, because it's like there's so much to say. Like <laughs> with um <laughs> with like the hardest thing now, and it's just yeah. I got nothing but else to say, but yeah, it's just it's just it's great, and I love how well the the it, the show just gives it that 
gravitas. I think that's the right word. Like just with like the sunset itself and the music, it's beautiful. <clears throat> and then like, you know, they're riding to the sunset. And we cut back to Marcy. Um, the sunset's going down. And like Andreas, like some ominous music comes in. <laughs> you know, kind of like go with Marcy's insecurities here, knowing what she wants. Like he has the proposition for her and she'll find it very interesting. And yeah, like <laughs> I'm not even sure where to start with this, but like. I think like, I think I'll just say one comment before I go into the whole thing and then you guys can kind of bounce off me here, but like, yeah, like it's, the girls always have a choice, right? Like each time, like the girls want to do something like, um, like the girls always have like, what's the right word? Like. Oh, and Lemur, yeah, you can come in. Um, like, the girls never have, like, this thing where they are forced to change as people. Every single time the girls go through, like, some major development in their character, like, it is always, like, their choice. And, like, Sasha and Marcy kind of go down, like, I don't know, the point is, is that, like, Marcy decides to make a choice to, like, instead of realizing that Anne, like, that separating from her friends is okay, that, like, like, having this change in their friendship is good, she actively, like, wants to not have that happen. And Andreas, I, Andreas, like, noticing that drives into Marcy's insecurity. And in season two, the girls have always picked the wrong choice in their development as characters. And like, Sasha does it in Toadcatcher. She easily has the chance to like change as a person and be better and like, and realize, oh yeah, maybe I'm kind of an asshole. Like maybe I should be nicer to Anne. And Marcy has the choice to be like, okay, maybe I have to accept the fact that friendship is going to change. And like, separating is okay. And like, but they don't do it here. And that's what makes season two like such a strong second act because no. Yeah. So that's it. To be honest, I'd say this is also partially Anne's poorer decision. I I don't know. I don't doubt um Anne's decision to go with the planters overall just because she's right that there's no actual benefit in her staying with Marcy in terms of getting the block where it needs to be. And like, you know, she can for all she knows, she has all the time in the world with Marcy, and and the and the planters are the ones she has to like really hang out with before they go home. But it's kind of playing into stuff we more understand later, which is Anne and Sasha's sort of ignorance of Marcy's needs and wants. And so she has the choice to like reach out to Marcy here and like you know see that she she that see that Marcy might be hurt by her decision and even if she doesn't choose to stay behind like really be be sensitive about it but she very clearly chooses the planters and does not look back pickle you stole what i was going to say 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going back yeah, to here yeah. and thinking, how much, how much was Anne thinking about this moment in particular when she was on that bow with Sasha and saying, we weren't thinking about her interests at all. Maybe we were ignoring her needs as well. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That has was... got to cause some ongoing tr- crises. Well, um, referring to what you're uh, to that scene in the beginning of the end, like I know they're referring to that um, to that scene in you know the, with the sleepover where they were when they fell asleep on the, but like yeah, I don't think that's the only time that they ever uh, quote unquote ignored Marcy's Mar- Marcy's needs. Like yeah, this is another example of that and. It may not been it may not be directly referenced to it, but I'm pretty sure it is implied that there are multiple times that they haven't um they haven't they haven't really they haven't really treated Marcy as a friend. And well actually here I don't know if this has been mentioned in the podcast yet, but I also do think this is the point where Marcy is actually going full going you know to quote to be a pun all in in the idea of staying in amphibia with her friends forever because because i always thought that before this one before this moment she has always been she has always been for she has always been the, for the idea of going back home and going back to the, the things were to the, to the way things were before because and and I always thought that that yeah, well it is cool to be hanging around Utopia and stuff and such. I do I I do believe that she does think that it isn't this isn't permanent and it isn't going to last forever. They have to go back home no matter what. So yeah, I do believe that she has always been for going she, she has always been for the idea of going back home, but it wasn't until Andreas come in and gave the idea of them of the proposition where she actually goes back and goes all in in that. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Yeah, and I think like I I always get like. Man, like it's it just kind of makes you think about like, because Marcy's story really is tragedy, in Amphibia. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she she goes to this place to keep her friendships, to keep those relationships she had before. Yet, like, she constantly wants to cling on to those, but yet she never really has like, she just has like Andreas in like. All Andreas is doing is manipulating her and like abusing her insecurities to like get what he wants. Well, like, and then um it's like damn man, like <laughs> like and Anne just leaves her behind here. And you know, I don't think Anne is trying to be mean here, but I think yeah, I think you guys are right that this is definitely a point I'm pretty sure Anne was thinking like oh man that's probably like like when she was thinking about why marcy would do this crazy plan or like why would she do all this stuff in true colors like this is definitely a point where she started thinking about it 
and like ah, fuck man i'm not even sure what to say it's just like marcy's story is just sad <laughs> she she never even had yeah she never had anybody and the, the only person that she had is well she well andreas does care for her but it definitely like, is it definitely has uh it definitely has layers on it that between be, behind that genuine concern is is a motivation or like a mission that is driving that affection yeah and like be, man cuz even like with Maddie right and Marcy and Maddie you know like they like they have like they're having some fun together but that relationship like doesn't really it's very surface level it's like they're friends for like one episode and then like that's it like marcy is so much wanting to cling to these past relationships that she's actively not building stronger ones here like ann did or sasha did ann and sasha got like real friendship in amphibia and like marcy like yeah andrea's cared about her but it's like you know it still wasn't like the best friendship you know what i mean like marcy didn't get any of that shit yeah it's like it's sad only, and the only people that could have given it to her who are olivia and yunan she doesn't she doesn't even know them that much they know she knows that she only knows them surface level and even like marcy even acknowledged that in the hardest thing it's like yeah it is her it is her fault for not bonding enough with other people she admits to that it's so sad the only person she developed a strong bond with while in Amphibia was Andreas, of all people. Yeah. 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 And it's like... Because the sad thing about Olivia and Yunnan, too, is that I feel like that episode kind of... This is a little bit of a different tangent from this episode, but, like... It, that episode kind of, like, gives you, like, a little sneak peek of, like, huh, like, this could be, like, a really cool, like different friend group for Marcy. Like, they're already working together, like, when fighting against the core and stuff in the basement or the eyes. Yeah, it, it's the core. fighting, And it's, like, it's... But then, like, you know, all of Marcy's mistakes and all the problems she made, like, all come back to bite her with the core coming in. You know what I mean? And it's just, like... Yeah. It's... Damn. <laughs> Really, really makes you wonder what would happen if Marcy actually, you know, decided to actually get some new friends for once. Actually embracing yeah. the idea of change. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, yeah, so, I mean, like, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, yeah, with this kind of stuff, there's, like, usually two really interesting things I think about. I mean, um, like, the first one is just, um, you know, like, the progress Marcy did make in Utopia because she was, because, it's not really directly mentioned, but I mean, Marcy did get used to the idea of like not having to like live around um, Anne and Sasha for a long time. Like she really got separated herself and managed to build like a whole, her own successful life without Anne and Sasha being there twenty four seven. And by the time Anne got to her, like she was fully prepared to just get the band back together and just head home. Right? Like she wasn't even like trying to dip down any hard into fantasy at that point. Right? Like Marcy was ready to go, man. Like. I think that to me is like what just really hurts because as soon as she gets like that sort of like temptation at the end of this arc, she just doubles down on like the behavior that sent them here in the first place. And like that's 
Yeah. It's like when you get all the pieces together, you know, that, that's what really paints a tragedy to me. Like, just how... Because Amphibious, like, because for the trail, like, their, their point of being in Amphibious, like, to reach the best south. And to me, it's just... Yeah, it really sucks how close Marcy was to, like, achieving a better version of herself until, like, one choice, you know, one choice that day led her to ruin. And, like, yeah, that's tough, man. Stuff and like, and like um, the other thing I want to bring up is just like um, how Anne's development, you know, sort of works this episode. Like, it, I always find it interesting just how quickly Anne just you know dips. Like, since as as Marcy gives her like the go ahead, like she just dips automatically. So, like she just blitzes out of the Newtopia. <laughs> I know part of it's because she has to catch up with the plant, but still, I mean, like it's it's crazy to me. Like that, you know. But she just goes down and regrets, and I feel like, yeah, to me, like I also just kind of love that because it's like, it is a, it, like it's sort of like the subtext going on with the true of the relationship, and it's, it's like a, like the times are changing, right? Like they used to be her world, like she used to mention them all the time in season one, like they were like a framing device for her for like a lot of her troubles in season one, but like now, even so, she's on great terms with Marcy. We better compare it to Sasha. She's just like this clearly a group that's way more important to her right now that she wants to spend time with. And, like, yeah, like, these ideas were always present in this story. And, like, and the fact that it it's even there with a character who's not even meant to be antagonistic towards Anne yet at that point, like, it really tells you, you know, what was going on in the church relationship if you were focused on it. Like, it's... Anne is... So growing out of them like even even the one that she has like a great relationship with she, she's slowly growing out of that and like i feel like i i would sort of attach you know how crappy our friendship was with i mean well honestly it wasn't even crap they were still like a good friend group and just they just had like their really shitty moments really like right like i mean which is like yeah no just yeah how a toxic friendship could work but like um yeah i don't know it's just it's just really because and just found herself to be happier around them, even when, like, even when she re, re I mean, she didn't even, like, go out of her way to hang out that much with Marcy, really, like, she just, um, like, <laughs> she, even when she was in Utopia, she spent most of her time just chilling with the planters, man, I mean, like, and this is a friend that she didn't see for three months, a friend who she knew her entire life, and, like, yeah, like, that just tells you, man, like, this kind of stuff was always there, like, this idea that these friends who knew each other are slowly sp splitting, like, that was always there. That was always there in the story. Like, it, it's, it's, like, it's just telling, man. Like, it's, like, it's, it's great. Like, I, I, I just, I call it, it's just great material. Yeah, I think Matt always did a great job of making sure, like, the trio's relationship is complicated as hell. It, you can't really say, like, oh, yeah, like, Sasha's just a toxic one, or like, or Anne's a toxic one. You can't do that. Like, there's so many facets to this relationship. Like, Anne leaves Marcy behind for the planters. Well, because the planters were kind of the only people that made her realize to love herself and be happy for who she is. And like, but then, like, that also causes this domino effect of Marcy, like, Anne doesn't realize, like, 
what leaving Marcy behind actually does to her. And like, at the same time, it also causes Marcy to be vulnerable to manipulation from Andreas, yet it's still Marcy's fault. She chooses to follow that path. And it's just like, yeah, man, like the, the crew did such a good job, I think, of of examining friendship so well. Like if this examining friendship and just, yeah, it's it's so beautifully written when you really, really start thinking about it. Like it's, yeah. Um, so I think like we're, we're pretty much done for that part and pretty much the whole episode. Um, so do you guys, I guess we're gonna take... oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, Nick, do you have any, Unless, oh, I was yeah, gonna... do you have any final thoughts? Oh, I mean, I, I was going to ask if we, if we um, talk about Andreas and his proposition, you know, like, did we say oh, anything about Andreas? Oh, I guess like, we just kind of talked about Marcy in relation to Andreas. Um, I guess what I, I, unless Nick, you wanted to just talk about it directly, I have a little something. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, yeah, this is, yeah, like I said before, like, this is just another one of his, another one of Andrews's moments that just, you know, sort of build up his role as, like, the major antagonist of the story, right? And, like, yeah, it's, it really, like, this is where they, yeah, they really started trying to set up, um, you know, that Anne and Andrews foil, man. I mean, like, and, like, uh, see, back then, like, yeah, you really thought it was just him... Because, yeah, back then, yeah, he was just feeding on, like, Marcy's insecurity and, like, pain in that moment, right, her vulnerability, but, like, yeah, it really is interesting how, um, how, how, yeah, while, like, yeah, Marcy and Andrews can relate to so much to each other, like, Andrews is really, truly, like, 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 Andrews was always meant to be, like, Anne's enemy, anyway, like, like, his, um, her, like, her worst self, like her, like the fallen hero, version, like whatever, like whatever people use to describe that. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, they just did such a good job, Andreas. Like, I don't even know what else to say. Like, they just bravo, bravo. Yeah, I never even thought about like this being like the point of Anne and Andreas, or like you're seeing the parallels. For me, I always saw it like I think like how I always thought of, like, their parallels, like, starting was two colors. I never really thought about, like, this being the point where the show was established. Oh. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry about that. Like, it's... Oh. It's... Like, I I should have clear. I should have made myself more clear. It's like... It's like... (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it now. But, um... It's like... Yeah, like, the parallels... the parallels are made distinct in like true colors, but like I guess what I meant was like the idea of like Andrea suffering that pain that Anne was going to eventually, you know, suffer herself later on the season. Like that was supposed to be like you know, like that, that's what I was sort of connecting. I should have made myself more clear. I got you. Yeah, sorry. For that. Um, it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have much else to add to that. So I think like. Besides, like, yeah, like, this scene, again, Andrea's scenes always get better and better the more, like, you go through the show and come back. So this is just one of those scenes where you're like, 
in True Colors, after True Colors, you're thinking, oh, he was just manipulating her. But then, like, after, like, Olivia, Yuna, and Nakora and the King, you're like, ah, he kind of got her pain a little bit. And I think that's just great. Was he manipulating her? Yes. Was he speaking from experience? Also, yes. Yeah, like that. Ah, like that. See, that's, that's just like, the really cool thing of that. I mean, like, yeah. Like, I guess you can put them in the category of Tris films, but, like, yeah, a lot a lot of stuff about Andrews was just extremely personal and, like, open, man. Like, he wasn't, like, yeah, a lot of the, like, he was just hiding his darker side pretty much. He was always, like, <laughs> like, he was always, I mean, yeah, there were some things he lied about, but, like, personality-wise, he was always genuine. <laughs> like, yeah. he never, no, plus he always projected this, I mean, let's, Jackson, man, he was projecting his feelings onto those three. Like he was being nasty about that too, right? Like always, like oof. in true colors, that's his whole thing. Like he's just projecting yeah. his toxic viewpoint on the girls. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like damn. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like damn. I, I don't know, man. Like I feel like yeah, that's easily one of my favorite. Part. I feel like yeah, my favorite part of season two probably is just how there's like this. It's how they sort of build this grand plot in the background behind everything going on. Like, that, that's just, yeah, probably my... Like, that's the coolest part of it for me on the rewatch. And, like, oh, shoot, there's going to be this other thing. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention was, like, Christ, I just... I feel like this is another testament to Amphibious Planning. Like, I love how the decision for this day is, like, this is the domino piece, man. The first domino piece that led to everything in the second half of the story. Like, not even just, not even just a season, but literally everything else that ever happened to the show was because of what Anne chose to do this day. And to me, that's yeah. insane. Like, yeah. that one choice, that one bad day. <laughs> like, just all we needed for, like, this tragedy to be set in place for Marcy. And then, like, this crazy ass war they had a fight in season three like it, it, it's it's crazy yeah and like it's like it's the right word i'm not sure how to describe it, but like it's weird because this episode doesn't get brought well okay it does come back technically with the aquarium stuff but you don't really see Anne or marcy or Anne mention this day like ever but it's so like each of the girls makes one pivotal choice that changes their entire destiny right here. <laughs> like, it's... Even, like, Isashi, you know, isn't here. But, like, even she makes a choice in, in Toadcatcher that will determine her fate with Anne. You know what I mean? And, yeah. like, they have ways to back out, too. Like, that's the thing. Like, even when they make this choice, it, Sasha and Marcy always have, like, the ability to be, like, to just, to just stop what they're doing and think about it and just, like, choose the right path. And it's just, man. That's always what makes morally ambiguous characters so good, when they have the ability to back out, but they choose to go deeper. Yeah, and it's, and you see, like, those, like, this is the point, too, where, like, I feel like season two is, like, the point where we start seeing the cracks in armors of, like, Sasha especially, but Marcy in, like, 2B, like, that's when we start seeing, like, all the things that we consider really good about her character, like, her hyper-focus and stuff, um, or, like, her, like, her lack of ability in making connections, all these things were, like, small details and 
in 2A and like 2B with both Sasha and Marcy fully dedicated to their destinies and like not willing to change we see the cracks in both of these characters and it's like 2B is like it just it's setting up that tragedy and it's just it's why we need season three to bring them back up you know but it's yeah um so i think like i think that's pretty much it right so like um i guess final thoughts here um nick any like final thoughts on these uh like yeah like i said before i mean like this is like if someone really asked me like you know like what would to me like what would really represent the heart of the show like i would absolutely just say like a day at the aquarium like because i mean this is a series where like anna the planters they came together and these two joining together forming like this larger family it it, it put them down a road where they experienced things new and different that they never would like and they changed in ways that they never would have without meaning one another and like and it's just like you know it's just such a special way in how they handle it and like here in this episode like it it, it really just shows you how good of a job they did with it when like the whole episode just relies on like your investment and in, in that like yeah it just wasn't an investment in the relationship and like yeah, I don't know, it just works so well for it. And, like, I don't know, it, it's insane to me that, like, all, that, like, there's all these interesting lore bits, all this, like, interesting stuff you can, like, analyze, like, the talk, and, like, the trio's toxic relationship. But that's, like, can you, that's, like, used as a backdrop to support this family's relationship. <laughs> like, you gotta love that. And, like, it, they do that, and it, like, it's insane. Like, there's all these other stuff that's so worth like people analyzing and yet like i feel, i feel like yeah it, it, i feel like they're like i don't know I, I this is like a whole new topic i could go into but i'll, I'll see like another recording but like yeah i don't know I, I just love this episode i i love it just it's amphibia it's one of the best examples it's like if i had to go if i had to show this show an amphibia episode to a friend like i think the aquarium would definitely be one of my top picks because it just shows what I love about Amphibia so damn well. Thank you, Nick. Um, Pickle, any final thoughts? Nick really summed it up for me. I think just this whole, this, this set of two episodes really does a perfect job of being the halfway point in the series because it kind of covers in whole, what this show has been about so far, it's got the the, the planters. It's got the um, it's got the relationship between the three girls. It's got the 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 um, setup for the final vi- villain, just like really beginning to kick into kick into gear. And it really just it's a great halfway point. It's a great tone to let off for the um, for the end of the Newtopia arc and the end of the first half of the show. Thank you, Pickle, and I think like. Yeah, you guys really summed it up there. I love Day at the Aquarium. I I think like both of these segments are just really awesome. Like it's the essence of like Amphibia as a whole of having these very fun and like 
chill moments with these characters, but also like when you really start sitting there and thinking about it, like they have such these deep and like there's a there's a lot to just sink your teeth into with both of these episodes. And it just gets better and better as like the season as the series progressed and what we have now. It's it's the power of a pre-planned story, you know, like pre-planned character arcs. It's beautiful. Um all right, so I, I think that's all for uh this one, guys. Um thank you so much for coming and say goodbye, everybody. See you guys. See ya. Peace, y'all.